Hey, y'all think you got freedom again, don't you? Oh yeah, the I know there's still got an emergency going, but they don't make me mask up on an airplane anymore. We can just relax and chill out. Well, think again. All the all the things they need are in place to just reinstitute any other any mandate that they want, including the ones you don't like and thought we were over. Stand by for that. We've got Josh Yoder from US Health Freedom Flyers on board to talk about that and more. Hour two, Joe Bastardi joins us. Joining in the I don't know. We're going to melt some snowflakes talking about the environment. What's the real driver of climate? The sun? What might be underwater contributing to that as well? We got a whole lot to do, including your questions of the day on the Robert Scott Bell Show right now. Go on over if you haven't yet to robertscottbell.com slash listen. We'll check out what's going on in the chat room and interact with you there as well. Tell everybody to join us because the Robert Scott Bell Show is about to begin. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Do you want freedom or just the illusion of freedom? We're going to talk about the freedom to travel this hour, but it's more than that. The illusion of freedom gives us this idea that since COVID has ended, even though the state of emergency declared by the government, the um, Biden administration is ongoing. In fact, he just declared it extended. And the fact that people from around the world that are not part of the U.S. technically, officially, can't come into the United States unless they're jabbed, which could be arguably 30% or more of the world's population. You want to come visit the U.S., you got to get jabbed to do that. As an American, I, I don't know. How do you feel about that? I, I think it, it, it bites. It sucks. It's wrong. It's anti-freedom. The, the free country is telling you you have to imprison your body with an injection before you come here. As we go to the freedom to move about the cabin, what provides the energy to do that? Is that not something called food? <laughs> and I want you to think about the supply chain disruptions we've been covering for the last couple of years and recognize they are orchestrating even more of them. And then ask the question of, am I free to move about the earth cabin if I am hungry? And I've got nothing to eat or in order to get food from government, Katrina style from FEMA, what are the rules? What are the strings that are going to attach to that? Much like we saw, Hey, if you want to travel, you just got to wear the mask. If you want to travel on an airplane and a bus or a train, you got to show us your vaccine passport. And you're like, well, that didn't happen, Robert. Oh, I know. You guys said, we're not putting up with that. Some of you anyway, enough of you said we're tired of it. And they backed off. But does that mean it's over? Now, when it comes to the issue of hunger, I think this is a very important thing to consider uh, related to travel. And that's not necessarily your traveling on an airplane, but the transit that takes place from the farm to your table because you're not growing enough food. Heck, I'm not growing enough food, and I've been growing food. Which is also why, if you hadn't paid attention last week, before the Red Pill Expo, we had my buddy Doug Fletcher on talking about Farmer Brian and his, I say, I, I want to think the Jack and the Beanstalk, the magic beans, but the reality is the soil that you're using will also be a big indicator whether you will be abundant enough 
to survive the supply chain disruptions long-term. I don't know how long they'll last. I hope they don't, la- they don't last at all. But can we count on that? Especially if you have uh, the go, uh, what we call the globalist overlords in our own government in the United States, much less whatever country you're in, trying to orchestrate the starvation of its people so that they can control you. Make you compliant little citizens begging for scraps because you didn't prepare to be autonomous and sovereign as your, as your birthright would indicate. We've gotten lazy. We thought freedom was all about the accumulation of stuff, stuff that you couldn't eat necessarily either, or paper that you work for called Federal Reserve notes that are being printed at such a pace, even with the rising interest rates, that their value diminishes by the day, even if there are minor fluctuations against things that have some sense of reality in the material world, gold, silver, or other things they measure it against. But we're even backwards there because we say, hey, how much is that gold worth? How much is that gold back worth? And we measure it according to the Federal Reserve note value that's an artificial value, as opposed to saying, hey, how much gold is in that? And that's going to be the same amount tomorrow as the next day, as the next day. But, But what is it related to the dollar? We have it backwards. We're programmed. We're all remedial dunces when it comes to actual economic interchange and the ability to exchange something of value that is the same thing today as it is tomorrow with minor fluctuations based on availability, but not the uh, unlimited fluctuations that happen via the Federal Reserve System connected to the World Bank and the International Monetary Funds, debt-based systems that are inclined. In fact, they they are in existence to enslave you, to capture you. Where is freedom in a system like that? So we'll have pictures and video eventually. I'll show you. We were out there this morning. It was in the teens. It was chilly, really cold this morning. As the sun came up, we started feeling a little bit better. But starting to distribute the uh, amazing soil that uh, farmer Brian Johnson out of Arizona has uh, put together. And we talked again about it last week. We'll we'll revisit that. But our opening story here on the Robert Scott Bell Show talks about the lockdowns. It does relate to travel. For those of you who think we're out of the woods, it's all good. We're we're on loaded planes and they don't make me wear a mask, even though some people are so afraid they still wear them. The headline from the Brownstone Institute, thanks to our friend Jeffrey Tucker, they will lock you down again. All of the things that were in place, the emergency and all of the guidelines, the executive orders, the gubernatorial level executive orders, all in violation of the fundamental limitations on the power that people in government at all levels have, they're all still in place. Show me the state of emergency that's been lifted over COVID. Hadn't been lifted. It's still there. Why do you think they won't implement it again the moment you let your guard down? Oh, well, the people are... They, they seem to have chilled out. They're traveling again. They're, they're relaxed again. We got them just where we want them. Here comes RSV for adults too. Respiratory syncytial virus, which is not affecting any kids except those who are suffering already due to their poor diet, due to their lack of sunlight exposure, due to wearing masks, much less experimental jabs that they may have been given too, or flu shots. All of those kids suffering from RSV are not suffering from RSV. If anything, it's incidental to the fact that their terrains have been corrupted because their parents don't know how to feed them or allow them to run around in sunlight without sunscreen or hydrate them with things that aren't called soda. 
These are also very real. These things enslave our children, capture and enslave them and weaken their body. I know that was my body growing up. I had to overcome 24 years of chronic disease from zero to 24 to know what I know today to help myself and others to do the same kind of healing or better. And when it comes to our freedom to travel without encumbrance, without obstacle, without strings attached, you want to get on this plane? You want to get on this boat? You want to get on this bus? You want to get in your car? Think about the, uh, the digitization of your ID and the trackability of all of that. I saw what you said, Robert Scott Bell, on social media. You don't believe in global warming. Therefore, we are locking you down into your, well, neighborhood or a two-mile square. Anything else from there, it's not going to work. You, you think you have a card associated with a bank account? Not going to work. If you leave that two-mile zone, digital ID, vaccine passports, do you think they've given up on wanting to implement them? We didn't win. Guess what? The Democrats still control the Senate, apparently, maybe the House. But even as the Republicans get in there, how many Republicans have openly called for and or written legislation in the House or the Senate to repeal and overturn the executive orders instituted by the Biden administration or continued ad infinitum by the Biden administration and say, you don't have the authority. Where is Congress engaging in its constitutional authority to push back against the oligarchy in the executive branch? I'm asking. Our first hour guest might have some answers to that. His name is Josh Yoder from U.S. Freedom Flyers. And you can check it out, usfreedomflyers.org. And there are organizations like it, I think, out of Canada and other areas. But for now, we're going to focus on the United States and maybe, well, I'm sure Josh is up on all of the places that are happening. Once you do what he does, everybody's kind of, we're all talking to one another. But my question to him as we open up with Josh, what's, where, you know, put your finger, where's the wind blowing, Right. Is it blowing back to activism or have people gone to sleep on this and think, well, it's over. We don't need to do anything more, Josh. We can just be a member of the U.S. Freedom Flyers and do nothing because, Josh, you got us covered. You can do it all, right? Is that what's happening? Robert, you have covered the number one issue that we're currently dealing with is apathy. People think that this has gone away. You know, they think because we beat the vaccine mandates, which we did in a, in a very large way last fall. Uh, we made a, had a lot of pushback, had a lot of influence, right? Got the airlines to walk those mandates back in large part. Not everywhere, but many of them. And now there seems to be a, a level of apathy that, that I have never seen because people think it's not coming back. And it 100% is. Jeffrey Tucker is correct when he says the lockdowns are coming back. They are currently working uh, behind the scenes. I can tell you I have conversations every day on this with people actually in government who are calling me with, with tremendous levels of concern. I was told about three months ago, I said, make sure that, make sure that U.S. Freedom Flyers is up and ready to fight. Um, you know, come the next year, because because this issue is far from over. And and I think you, you, you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, what we need to do is wake people back up, help them understand the Emergency Powers Act has, has never been uh, rescinded. And, and they're just they're preparing behind the scenes for the next onslaught. They tried with monkeypox. Um, that was unsuccessful. Um, that, that died in its infancy. They're trying uh, you to, have to ask yourself, right what's now. the next thing? Yeah, that's why I brought up RSV. They're like, uh, can we scare them with RSV for lockdowns? Tell me, you know, incremental lockdowns, regional lockdowns, RSV, RSV. Are we going to fall for it? And I've been warning my audience, those who would dare listen, 
that our fear of germs is our greatest vulnerability. And they exploited it to the hilt in the last two and a half plus years. And they're not done with it. As you said, they're trial ballooning different diseases to see if we can get something else that's as scary or scarier than what we, we just went through. And then we can we can call the lockdowns back into force because they do not rescind these states of emergency. And the rule by emergency is called the rule of necessity. And it knows no law. It knows no limitation. It recognizes no constitution, including ours. Yeah, that, that's correct. What people need to be focused on right now, and what I'm personally focused on is, is getting my own immune health um, you know, in order. If, if, if our body is functioning the way that it should, if we have the proper nutrition, and like you said, sunlight, time outside, time in nature, and and, and the correct nutrition, we, we don't have to be afraid of, of all these um, illnesses that they that they keep trying to scare us with. You know, now in, in the case of the flu shot, something, you know, they're, they're putting mRNA in there now. They're doing, they're doing testing, and that, that's something that they want to push forward, you know, push out going forward. And I, I think people need to be really aware of this mm-hmm. and concerned because, you know, we see what the fallout is from the COVID-19 vaccines. It's It's been incredible. I deal you know, primarily with pilots and flight attendants and people within the aviation industry. And the fallout from the COVID-19 uh, vaccines has been severe. At American Airlines, they had a 300% increase in long-term disability claims from January to July of, of 2022, you know, and there was no other other item that, that should have caused, you know, that that level of increase. You know, similar things happening at Southwest and other airlines that I'm hearing about. And I'm still working to get some of the data on that. But I can tell you that, that um, you know, if we do nothing about this, if we don't address the elephant in the room, uh, which is the fact that people are dying of myocarditis and pericarditis and, you know, sudden cardiac death and neurological conditions, just to name a few, uh, we, we are going to find ourselves in a very bad place, I believe, going forward. I think it's going to have a significant impact on air travel. It already has. Um, but I think we're only looking at the tip of the iceberg. You know, as Dr. Peter McCullough and others have said, you know, it's it's from, you know, post-vaccination, 18 to 24 months is when we're really going to start to see these adverse reactions. And we're, we're in that time frame now and we're seeing them. Yeah, exactly. By the way, shout out to our friend Dawn, who's also a part of the U.S. Freedom Flyers. And she's an activist in our audience trying to speak out in the, you know, in the midst of, uh, gosh, you know, such draconian lockdowns and the reaction by these large corporations, these multinationals. And we get into the issue of ESG scores uh, on World Economic Forum levels and beyond uh, really coming into compliance with, hey, if we don't have our uh, employee base fully up to speed on these jabs called vaccines. Uh, well, we could be sanctioned. We could be un- ineligible to get loans. Should we be in trouble or special grants from the government? You know, all of the strings attached with that during the time where they locked down and destroyed businesses. Of course, the bit, the larger corporations had some bailouts as they always do. Small family businesses are wiped out. And, uh, you know, where are the independent startups that are trying to go a different way, including in the aviation industry, I've heard people that want to set up more freedom-focused airlines that don't succumb to these draconian and I would call them unconstitutional lockdowns, shutdowns, mandates, and prohibitions. You still with me, Josh? I think I'm back now. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm having a rainstorm outside and I think it affected the internet. Uh, I, I missed most of what you just said there, but I, I think one of the things we really need to talk about and bring a focus to is the fact that you know BlackRock is a, is a large investor in many of these airlines. And we know what BlackRock's doing, the, the amount of control that they bring by essentially in, enforcing um, government edicts. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons that the airlines have been so totalitarian because of who their investors are. And then also the threat of, of the federal government withholding money. 
uh, from them should should they choose not to comply. Because uh, we know when the bank when the airlines go into bankruptcy, they always go to the federal government for a bailout. And I think that's partially you know what we saw last year um, with the total the totalitarian handed uh, mandates that came out. Yeah, exactly right. And this is the kind of thing that you know we were talking a little bit off the air about our friend uh, Dr. David Martin and the research he's done. And you know there, he's not the only one, nor are we the only one pointing out the holders, if you will of the vast majority of these multinational corporations, large uh, transit companies, shipping companies, oil companies, uh, airline companies, you name it, are the same two or three or four maybe uh, investment firms that control almost the entire capital of the uh, of planet Earth. And they make the rules in these corporations. You know, on some level, there's a overt cooperation and the rest just kind of roll downhill and say, I'll, I'll do what I'm told because I want to keep my job. You, of course, have interacted with many in the airline industry, pilots, flight attendants, maybe even, uh, I don't know, luggage handlers and everybody else, uh, that there probably were a lot more people and they were maybe afraid to speak out that you've connected with. Have you talked with them strategically about how to stop this from happening again? Yeah, these are the conversations that we have all the time, every day at U.S. Versus. How do we make sure this never happens again? Um, It's a multi-pronged approach. I mean, we we have to change legislation. Um, two, there has to be litigation because if we don't hold the people accountable who did this to us, so that's the airlines, that's the unions that are supposed to represent us. They were actually as much or, or more totalitarian in many cases as the companies were. And then also the Federal Aviation Administration, who is tasked with, with maintaining the safest aerospace system in the world. Uh, they, they completely failed at, at doing their job. Had they done their job, the airlines would have never been able to mandate in the first place. There's guidance within the Aeromedical Examiner's Guidebook for doctors who give pilots their flight physicals. It says that no pilot should receive a medication until 12 months post full FDA approval for the very purpose of assuring that there are no you know, significant adverse side effects um, that, that could be detrimental to the safety of flight. So the FAA failed. It started at the top. And I know many people, senior people within the FAA um, working at high level agency positions that told me they were always against you know, masking and, 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 the vaccine, um, and, and the vaccine in general. Uh, but unfortunately, the, the political pressures that came out of D.C., we believe, uh, are, are what, what really the, the, the policymaking. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, now now the you know what this does to not just the crew members, but also the safety of the flying public. We have quite a few stories, many stories, actually, a few of them that are public. So pilot Cody Flint, he passed out while flying his aircraft. Both of his inner ears ruptured. He doesn't remember landing his aircraft. Uh, the next thing that he remembered was um, was being pulled out, you know, shaking uncontrollably. And then he went on to, to inner ear experts and found out that, you know, his both of his inner his eardrums had ruptured. And so, like, that's one story. Captain Bob Snow, you know, six minutes after touchdown in Dallas, American 1067. On April 9th, he stood up to collect his bags to walk out of the airplane. He, he suffered cardiac arrest. And fortunately, there were people there who could save him. Uh, a nurse and a Navy corpsman, they performed CPR. They hooked him up to an AED. They had to shock him three times to bring him back. I mean, he's just another story. And, and really, his first symptom was was dropping dead in the flight deck. And there are many other stories like being suppressed. In some cases, I, I have had multiple phone calls from family members who said that they've actually been threatened um, by a certain airline uh, when they when they threatened to, to, to be vocal and, and public with the story of what, of what had happened to the pilot. And so uh, th- there's a lot more that, that doesn't meet the public eye. But I can tell you the, the issue is real. And U.S. Freedom Flyers is really looking for solutions on all fronts. Uh, we're working, obviously, with Cardio Miracle, another company called Heart Care Corp, um, for, for um, rapid and accurate cardiac testing that can be made affordable to pilots and other crew members. 
and that's something that we're gonna we're gonna roll out and and mm-hmm. um and, and we're gonna try to make a real fundamental difference in, in people's health and their lives because I, I believe that we've seen that the FAA is not gonna do anything about this. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna admit that they were wrong because then they're admitting liability. The same thing with the companies, the same thing with the unions. Although I have to say, I mean, in the case of some unions, there have been elections post mandate. We've gotten some really great people in there that are actually pro medical freedom and are fighting back. But what you What's see internally yeah. at these unions is there are in other internal members of the unions that were pro-mandate who are now trying to run special elections and different things to get them ousted because the spotlight is being shown on the criminality. And I yeah. think that's the most important thing to understand, the criminality of, of the vaccine mandates. It was It's always been against U.S. law to yeah. mandate an emergency use authorization drug, and they did it. Yeah, J- Josh, you mentioned John Hewlett and Cardio Miracle. Is that because of the vascular threats that are very real of those in the pilot's uh, uh, especially that have now been talking amongst themselves and saying, hey, this shot is bad news. I, and I don't understand how any pilot didn't know that they could be disqualified from flying by taking the experimental jab that they had no earthly idea what could happen to them. Uh, but it did maybe coercion, deception, all of the fear that was associated with it. But I know there was a significant percentage of pilots that said, oh, I'm not getting the jab. You can fire me if you want, but I don't want to lose my flight certificate. Right. That, that's correct. I mean, so the airlines, they started out with offering money, actually, for you to go out and get jabbed. That was, you know, that was that, that was the carrot and the stick approach, right? First, it was the carrot. And then when, you know, they didn't see the level of compliance they wanted, then they came out with the stick. It was the threat of losing our jobs. And it was very totalitarian and heavy handed. We had suicides at the airlines. I, I personally know people who, who killed themselves uh, because they thought the future was looking so bleak. And so the, the human toll that has been taken here is, is very devastating, actually. And talking about Cardio Miracle, I actually got a call about four months ago from my friend, uh, Dr. Kevin Stillwagon, who's a retired uh, Delta pilot as well. And he told me about Cardio Miracle. And he said, look, I think that this is something that could potentially provide a solution to all the the cardiac and the neurological um, issues that that we're seeing in the airlines. I took a look at it. I started taking it and actually then later was put in touch with John Hewlett and, and Stanford Graham, different people working with that company. And I now have a much better understanding of how it works. Um, got to spend some time um, with, with the team, Cardio Miracle. And it's incredible what they put together uh, from, you know, I, I personally really like taking it, but also from, from friends that have, have been diagnosed with myocarditis and blood dysphorological dysfunction, mm-hmm. they've started taking it and they're reporting back to me that their symptoms have, have really uh, decreased and they're seeing really positive results. So our, our goal is to hopefully roll this out on as large of a, a scale as we can, not just for airline employees, but for everyone. Uh, because as we as we see in in the peer reviewed studies, it's protecting against shedding, against getting COVID. You know that that nitric oxide, uh, vitamin D three, like positive feedback loop, it is a really powerful thing. Are you doing educational calls with your group or pilots and things like that? Because you know the the mainstream media, as we know it, uh, is conflicted pharmaceutically and does not want this information getting out there. So, are you within your in, uh, own, let's say, membership group, uh, able to do calls that are educational? We are, and we're working on putting together more more frequent calls. Actually, that, that won't just be open uh, won't just be open just to airline employees, but also to the flying public. Uh, we've really enjoyed using CloudHub, which is an amazing platform. For those that don't know, I would highly suggest checking that out. Okay. Uh, they, they've done a great job of of having you know meeting rooms where you can host up to like a hundred thousand people, and we're planning to utilize platforms like this to really get the word out to give people solutions for anyone who's suffering from a vaccine injury. One of the big things we do at U.S. Freedom Flyers, in addition to litigation, is is offering people help because we know that most doctors, they won't acknowledge that you have a vaccine injury. So if people are having issues, contact us at medical at usfreedomflyers.org. 
And while we can't give medical advice, what we, what we will do is we'll connect you with people who can help you. We have a, a, a full uh, medical team, a full line of, of, of people who will acknowledge uh, what, you, what you're experiencing and, and give you a solution to move past this. Um, and I, I think that that's probably one of the most important things that we do in the short term, because if we don't provide solutions, we're going to lose yeah. a large uh, number of our populace. Well, yeah, and that's when I go out and lecture and teach, much less do this show, that's a big part of what we do here to bring the power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you. And, you know, the thing I use with the Cardio Miracle, and I, I lecture on it, in fact, at the Red Pill Expo I did as well, copper. We have gross copper deficiencies out there because even the pilots that have been told, hey, you need to be on zinc and vitamin C because it's helpful, it's wiping out their copper stores in addition to the low stores that they already had. And when the body is in, a, a let's say, a heart attack scenario, a cardiovascular inflammation scenario, the body is dumping copper into the blood to protect the body, to protect the body from death. And then the doctors often point out, will say, my gosh, you're high in copper. We tested your blood, you're high in copper. And they're actually medical morons, not realizing that the body is intelligent. It's using whatever copper's left to cool the inflammation, to survive the heart attack, for instance. And we need to really replenish copper in so many people. And it works very well with selenium, at the microcapillary bed level, the vein level, the heart level, depending cardiac proteins along with cardio miracles. So there are things that we are missing and the medical doctors are missing, even the ones that are good and are trying to do the right thing. We must continue to educate and push that envelope further and further into the nutritional field to understand the minerals that are necessary to counteract the dastardly deeds of these insidious injections that are not even technically vaccination, but put that aside for the moment, we see the evidence of mRNA injections and, and there's nothing good. They now acknowledge, as you point out too, that it never stopped the spread. It never stopped severity of infection. Any number of things that they claimed would happen if you would just get the shot, we can end this thing. And now you have, I see this article, we have linked up as well at robertscottbell.com in the show notes today. Uh, and by the way, you can get our newsletter by texting my initials RSB to 22828. So you want to be plugged into the things we're doing, including with Josh Yoder here today from usfreedomflyers.org. There's a link to the US Freedom Flyers website and the the legal fight. Now, this initially, I see this initial um, statement was made November 23rd of 2021. So it's a little while ago, but maybe I can ask you about the updates. But the US Health Freedom, De Freedom Defense Fund, as well as US Freedom Flyers, filed suit in US District Court against Joe Biden, the federal government, challenging the overreach, the executive order, et cetera. Can you give us an update? Because this has been floating around the courts for a while now. Maybe there's more we should know about this. Yeah, what you just addressed was addressing the federal contractor clause of the vaccine mandate, which has now um, been won actually by the Georgia State Attorney General uh, to where that was struck down as being unconstitutional. What we're doing moving forward, um, our, our lead attorney, uh, Dina Pollard-Sack, she's actually filed an amicus brief uh, in the Third Circuit, which um, stands to potentially overturn a lot of the health freedom defense or health health freedom cases uh, that have been lost over the uh, over the course of the last year and a half um, due to incorrect arguments being brought to the court. So that's something that we're focusing on right now, getting getting that pushed through. That's something that will probably go to the Supreme Court. And then in addition to that, we plan to bring litigation against the Federal Aviation Administration. That that's the head of the snake. That's where the breakdown initially occurred. They allowed it for pilots, which allowed airlines to to mandate it. So they're going to be a primary part of this focus. And in that fight, we've been working with whistleblowers from within inside the FAA who are coming out, very senior federal agents um, who are tasked with, with maintaining safety and compliance. And they've come out and they're blowing the whistle on the Federal Aviation Administration saying, look, like this, this drug was toxic. We knew it was toxic. 
I mean, back in December, U.S. Freedom Flyers, along with a panel of experts, sent you know a very detailed letter to the FAA, to all the major airlines, um, detailing the vaccine injuries that we were seeing among pilots at that time, um, also addressing the illegality of, of the vaccine mandates. So they can't come back now and say that we didn't know. It's like, no, you 100% knew. We made you, you know, we've been sending them um, information uh, periodically. And then you had Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long that came out with the Defense Epidemiological uh, Medical Database which was considered to be the most common medical database in the world. And from a period, a 10-month period, from January to October of, of 21, we were seeing increases of things like three and 400% increase in like myocarditis, pericarditis, you know, heart attack, 600% increase, I think it was, and in rare cancers, and 1,135% increase in neurological conditions. So all things that are, are you certainly wouldn't want your pilot experiencing when you're when you're flying on an airliner across the world or across this country. And this information has been available. The airlines are aware of it. The FAA is, is aware of it, and the unions are as well. And yet they and yet they press forward uh, with their illegal mandates. So there must be accountability. If we don't bring accountability, you can be guaranteed that this will happen again. It will be the next emergency. You know, maybe, maybe they you know bring back just like we spoke for uh, spoke about previously. And what we need at US is we need the public. To get behind us, we need the passenger behind us. These lawsuits aren't about just uh, protecting the employees; it's about protecting you as well. Because there was language in in some of the um, some of the the fine print in your tickets when you purchased a ticket last year, actually talking about um, implementing vaccine mandates on passengers. This is something that no one seems to be aware of. Mm-hmm. So we need the flying public to get behind this. If this issue matters to you, please go to usfreedomflyers.org and donate. And that money will go to to funding the litigation to make sure that we're protected not only on an employee level but also on on a passenger level, a personal like a, this is an American freedom issue. Yeah, who reads the uh, all the fine print, <laughs> the clauses that are connected to your purchase of a ticket to go on an airplane? And if they just no one put a hidden clause in there that says by purchasing this ticket and traveling with this ticket, you authorize us to inject you. You know, and if not, then we'll quarantine you. You know, that loss of freedom is very real as well. We've seen that happen in Western style democracies and the desire for certain politicians in office or who want to be in office to be able to lock you down, to quarantine you, to put you in camps for not complying with these mandates, unconstitutional as they are. Born out of the freedom. Well, no, not really. The other F word, the one we don't like, the fear of the germ. And so we meet, we need to uh, continue to educate on this. I mean, just the, the fact that, look, I knew here early in uh, 2020 when this first came out and I said, all right, how are they deciding or determining that you have this thing they call COVID? And the moment they said it's PCR, I said, oh, the game is on. The scam is on. Because I know from decades of my own research and coverage on this show since I started in 1999, that the PCR test is a faulty test. It's not a test that is designed to identify a causative infective agent, whether it be, well, in this case, viral. It's not been validated, still hasn't been validated. And that alone could have, if we had brave and courageous doctors and scientists, because they're not going to listen to a a renegade homeopath on a radio show. But the reality is if enough of the public knew the scam and knew the criminality of uh, Anthony Fauci for 30, almost 40 years now, They couldn't have gotten away with it, but we've gone to sleep on information that we think only the experts can determine and tell us what is real. And then we rely in an emergency on those experts who are criminals, or if they weren't initially criminals, they are sold or bought and they become criminal by their 
participation. And you mentioned, you know, FAA people and union people and others that haven't either woken up to this reality or they have, and they're continuing to, you know, cover their eyes and ears. They have been purchased often the strings, you know, they come with a lot of money. And so they're like, okay, yeah, I like that money. I'll deal with the strings later. And I'm okay with that. But these are people that have sold out for something that is not in integrity at all. And that's not, let's say it's not unique to the FAA or the other organizations. It's, it's endemic to all of them. And so the people have to rise up, as you point out, support the U.S. Freedom Flyers as well in these court efforts, because a lot of these things are getting beaten back in the courts at this point. I wish we didn't have to, but I think that's where we are now. That is where we are. And and I think, you know, the reason that many of these um, health freedom cases have been lost um, due to our, our a team of attorneys is because of incorrect arguments that have been made. And that's what we're seeking term with, with that amicus brief. That That's really important, I think, um, to, to, you know, the amicus brief is essentially like a, like a friend of the court, right, to where you're coming in and you're saying, look, like incorrect arguments were, were, were made and, and here's how we should be looking at this issue. And if that goes to the, uh, to the Supreme Court, which we believe it will, it, it stands to really bring a fundamental change to this entire landscape. And then we're bringing criminal charges against the FAA and against the airlines and the very unions who, who perpetrated these, these illegal mandates. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to do, Josh, and I appreciate all of your work at the U.S. Health Freedom Flyers. It's ushealthfreedomflyers.org. Uh, are you speaking at any events like we were just at the Red Pill Expo? And, and you know, a lot of these folks now you've interacted with the freedom people that are, well, they're typically not interviewed on mainstream news so, uh, sources or segments, but uh, certainly the rise of new media podcast sites and other things that are bringing, bringing us all together and trying to reach those that are desperately in need of this, even if they're not yet aware that they need to hear this. Like I said at the opening of the show and you concurred, we're not out of the woods just because they kind of backed off temporarily, all of those things are in place to re-implement the moment they say boo and you're scared enough to comply. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do have some speaking engagements coming up in, in January, still working out the details of that down in Florida. Uh, people should definitely be looking at Florida. Lots of great events happening down there next year. And, um, and, and the website is, is us freedom flyers, usfreedomflyers.org. If you can support us, please go there. We, we would appreciate it. You know, sign up for monthly donations if you can. Um, you know, our, our fight is your fight. I mean, this is something where all Americans have to come together. We have to, we have to stand up just like people did, you know, back in, in, in the days of the foundation of our nation, uh, where they stood up against tyranny. Then I think what's happened is our, our lives have become so good. Uh, that, that we've forgotten what our personal responsibility is. We have, we are the government and, and the government will do what we allow them to do. And so that's the encouragement that I would like to leave with your listeners is, is to, you know, do, do something every day to, to stand up for yourself, to stand up for what's right and to stand up for the freedom that we value so much in this nation. Yeah. You fall asleep on Liberty. You're going to wake up in a prison cell of your own making. And this is a very, very serious issue. As I said, we've enjoyed the ability to go back out and travel and not be required to wear masks. I've been on a lot of airplanes in the last number of months, uh, more than I care to be on. And yet the moment comes that they find the magic, scary thing, they will in fact re-implement. And the question is, will you comply this time like you might have last time? And Josh Yoder, I so much appreciate all of your efforts. Is one of the events potentially in Florida and Orlando area, we're going to be at uh, uh, Terry and Stu Warner's event. Um, they have a number of things that are going on, including the Nurse Freedom Network. It's re rescheduled because of the hurricane last month uh, that will be there. I don't know if that's one of the events you might be at. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I do plan to attend that event. I should be there um, as well as, as several others. Um, I think there's, uh, uh, we'll, we'll be posting them on our website as soon as we have uh, confirmations of, of all the different uh, places where uh, U.S. Freedom Flyers will be. And, and we encourage everyone to attend and support those events as well. Yeah, Josh, we'll look forward to seeing you at that one or any others that we may be at and maybe get you to the Red Pill Expo. I think the next one, they haven't told me where it will be, but it looks like it'll be in early June of 2023. So, Josh, anytime there's a breaking news story you want to cover here, we appreciate you and I'm happy to at the very least, you know, talk about it on the air. If you want to join me again, you are more than welcome as well. Thank you so much, Robert. I appreciate it. All right. Josh Yoder, ushealthfreedomflyers.org. Linked up in the show notes as well, usfreedomflyers.org. And you don't think that Josh can do it all on his own or anybody on his team. It takes all of y'all participating in this. If you want the freedom to travel, you don't fall asleep on it. (laughs) And many of us have. We got lazy. No more. So thank you, Josh, for being on board today. We're going to talk about more of uh, the criminal aspects and, and, and activities on a federal, state, local, and global level trying to lock us down. If it's not the fear of the germ, it's the fear of the weather. And that's going to be something we're going to talk about a little later on the Robert Scott Bell Show as well. And uh, again, this is part of our, our journey, our mission, to bring the power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you, is to cover subjects that do affect your freedom. Because if you can't travel, you can't get what you need. Because sometimes you got to travel to get it. Or if you rely on the travel industry to receive something, and many people are waking up to say, I don't want to participate in that industry because they're requiring me to do things I don't want to do, then how are you going to get the stuff? Just thinking a little bit further out and all of the implications of lockdown, shutdowns, mandates, prohibitions. So that's why we covered this today. Now, there's an interesting uh, letter that we just got. A, I don't know how if Super Don found this or somebody sent this to you, Super D, on Daily Clout. And it it was a letter written, well, it's covered here on November 5th, and it's a letter to the Attorney General, Utah Attorney General. Headline reads, the CD's delayed myocarditis disclosure may constitute criminal recklessness. And there's an attorney, maybe we could get him on one day soon, Edward A. Berkovich. He wrote this letter to Sean Reyes, the Utah Attorney General. And you can see this uh, actual letter. It's a two-page letter. And it was regarding screening for state prosecution of CDC officials for reckless endangerment of Utah residents under Utah Code Section 76-5-112. And he enclosed an article which was from the CDC or about the CDC, in fact. They admitted that they had delayed reporting the incidence of myocarditis to the general public for three months after the first statistically significant signal appeared in the VAERS database. And he says in this letter to the Utah Attorney General, if that assertion is correct, such a level of neglect and omission may have violated Utah's reckless endangerment criminal code section. That is the CDC officials recklessly engaging in conduct by omitting to report that create or created a substantial risk of death or serious bodily injury injury to Utah residents. And it goes to that Utah code. And related definitional section for urgent, or I'm sorry, organ, meaning the human heart damaged by myocarditis. No, it's a very creative and I think appropriate method by which you can say, hey, you're the attorney general in Utah. There's a crime that's been committed. 
Now I put you on notice. You are obligated to do something about this. This is your mission and purpose. This is why you became the attorney general at the state level to protect the people of that state. And there's been a crime. I'm reporting the crime. You must prosecute. That's why we, you know, of course, we support the Prosecute Now website as well for their efforts uh, to go after the criminals at the federal level via state law in some cases. And it's interesting, too, because when you try to sue the federal government, they'll also challenge you immediately on standing. You don't have the standing. And if you establish that you have the standing, then they'll say, well, we didn't waive sovereign immunity. I know I'm getting into legal things right now, but I think it's important to mention here how they squash these attempts to hold the federal government accountable for misdeeds, misbehaviors, criminal activity, statutory violations or otherwise, misdemeanors or felonies. And in this case, again, we have another layer of success potentially by having the state, which has standing, to sue the federal government, which cannot be dismissed easily if, or if at all on grounds of sovereign immunity when the state takes action because you have violated the people of the state. And here are the sections, the code sections, et cetera. The admission of the crime is there. The CDC acknowledged that it waited three months to warn, warn the people that there was a sign at the VAERS database that showed myocarditis was a very real risk and was really happening, at least in temporal relationship to the COVID jabs. So again, check this out. This is a fascinating not, not another attempt to try to hold the federal government accountable, but will uh, the state attorney general, Sean Reyes, dare to take on this criminal activity in protection of the people of Utah? I'm not holding my breath, but the people of Utah should know that then their state attorney general is not willing to go to bat for them. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I don't know for sure, but we know the behavior of many states attorneys uh, generals or attorneys general, technically, is the way you say it, operating on behest on behalf of the federal government, even though they're state-level elected agents. Fascinating. Again, money, criminality, strings, awkward positions. What have we got on you? We'll see what happens there. But I, I find that to be a fascinating, absolutely fascinating attempt at uh, a different way to go after the criminals in the federal government here. So check that out as well as we look forward to seeing the bad guys held to account. All right, I want to bring Super Don back into the mix, if we will. See how we're doing here in the first hour of the show. Josh Yoder brought it. Uh, and again, a great organization, good people. He knows a lot of our friends, and I did not know that he was connected to Cardio Miracle. How awesome was that to promote health, healthful uh, uh, interactions, interventions for the people participating, including the pilots, flight attendants, and others? It's a small world, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's a good world when we're connected to those good people. Indeed. So now what? Oh, you don't got nothing? Is that what you're saying? Now what? I, I use poor English on purpose just because I'm not really annoyed at Super Don. I just, you know, I like to hear his voice, especially through that sweet new board that Jonathan Emord got you. Mm -hmm. And the additional donations that we received for you to be able to get from the wish list, the new microphone. The boom mic. Look at you. You were looking like you're a, a professional again. It's awesome. Again? Yeah, like we oh, look, you know, we, we were we were amateur road show. Uh, not on I the road. See. All right. I, I dropped the ball somewhere there, but now, no, no, now I'm looking. Look, 
it was support that we needed and it was wonderful. We <laughs> yeah, put out the request and we got it. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. thank you all for that, <sighs> man. So I was out again in the cold, as I mentioned at the opening of the show today, super D and we talked about this last week with uh, Doug Fletcher and you had said, interestingly enough about your, um, your raised bed gardens, which you, you actually engaged in, which is the, some of the most exciting things. When I look back on the calendar year 20, what year are we in? 2022? 2022. Yeah. Yes. When I look back at this calendar year. I'll always remember this is the year Super Don broke ground. This is and, the year. And got his hands dirty and grew food. The monumental year, really. And wow. to find out as we were talking about soil quality uh, with Doug last week about Brian uh, from Arizona with his amazing soil that we've just got some delivered that you were utilizing stuff that was made or meant to prepare for the growth of cannabis. And those cannabis growers don't mess around. They want the best soil right. to do what their stuff is. Now you don't have to grow cannabis in the soil, but the point is anything you grow in soil that rich and rife with min uh, minerals and the, uh, uh, the fungi that are supposed to be there, all mm -hmm. of that, that makes that soil go and grow. That's another part of what we are talking about here, not just growing food, because let's say you had, really crappy soil it never been worked or maybe it was filled with all kinds of nasty stuff there were no earthworms the microbiome had been destroyed you would not have seen that beautiful abundant tomato plant that this was throwing more tomatoes at you than you could eat it's crazy the way that that just took off it was so huge because you know I, I i planted them and i first time i've done this right so mm -hmm. i got i had these tomato plant cage things you know that you put on there and this this plant just laughed at that cage. It was just yeah. like, oh you sure, whatever. Me. It got so me. big, it it leaned over and started growing through the chain link fence on the on the front of the uh, of our our yard here. I was just like, yeah, it was more than I could handle. And I went to go pick the tomatoes, and I was just you'd pick the tomatoes, and then you'd go in there and you'd kind of like pull plants apart from each other. Oh look, there's more, you know. Yeah. It's like. It was a lot but of fun. That is the abundance we need. It's not just about growing food. It's about growing food abundantly. Yep. And, and hopefully in such abundance that it's more than you need. And that way you have the ability to either sell or barter in a, in a down economy or in a charitable uh, way to help people that haven't taken the steps that you've taken to start this. And I think that's, you know, not only the growing aspect of it, but how do we grow and succeed at growing. You know, I, I still, you know, there were some, uh, we did really well this summer on certain things and certain other things didn't grow as well. And I believe that had to do a lot with the soil, which, you know, I've done my best, but it isn't as good as I, I could do or others have done that I can emulate or access and utilize. And while you have the ability to do so, I think about the things that we must invest in. We talk about food storage, certainly, yes, to, to weather a crisis, but moving forward to grow, as I said, not just grow, but grow in abundance and succeed. He told me some, some things today, Brian, uh, the far, I call him farmer, Brian, about utilizing some seaweed based interventions in, in water that when the buds start coming out in the spring, right? The early spring buds in your fruit trees and what happened this year is that we had a late freeze and killed them off. And the only fruit trees that bore fruit for us this year were the pear trees. In previous years, we had an overabundance of apricots, which are amazing. 
But he said, here's a secret that I've learned. And I started doing this. And he, he would uh, put them in water, the micronized seaweed and the minerals, and spray the little buds. And those minerals would protect from the harsh late freeze. And that his, his trees were producing all the fruit in the world, while those that didn't know how to protect from the, from the late freeze were barren. So I, I want to bring more of this out as we go through the winter and prepare for the next growing season. Other little things like that. We'll have Marjorie Wildcraft back on, of course, and continue to talk about the, you know, if you go to uh, rsbfood.com. And this and you, actually is in the upcoming events, which you're looking at here. Oh, great. This Before is coming you know. up in December, and mm-hmm. it's the Best of the Homegrown Food Summit. Mm. And this is going to be 12 expert presentations um, on all all things uh, growing your garden. And these are all the, the people that are going to be on there talking about what you need to know in order to be able to grow your own food. Nice. Very nice. So you can click on that over at the upcoming events. Very nice. We appreciate Marjorie Wildcraft. We appreciate all y'all for tapping into what she's doing. Homegrown Food Summit, a best of coming up. Also, uh, Propaganda Exposed is going on, the Uncensored Edition. Again, new interviews. I've been seeing it. They're embedding new things into each episode, and it's just fantastic. Propaganda Exposed Uncensored. If you haven't signed up, it's free to watch. They'll probably have a replay weekend, but right now I think they're on episode five or six already. Six, Taking it through this weekend. Uh, uh, no, through Wednesday, I think, will be episode nine or Thursday. Through this week, I think. So we'll, hopefully we'll have uh, Ty Bollinger on t- tomorrow maybe to have an update on what's happened there. But it's been a sensational series made even better by the additional interviews embedded in that you have not seen yet. So these are the things that Super Don sends out. If you're getting the newsletter, great. If not, please share it. And this is how you can get it. Either come to robertscottbell.com and sign up directly or text my initials to 22828. So when you dial in 22828 in your phone, text this RSB, RSB, my initials. And then you'll be prompted to enter your email address and then you'll get the newsletter. By the way, what is the uh, poll question of the day? Can we reveal that today or is it too early? Uh, Question of the day. How concerned are you about climate change? I don't like this question. Well, you don't have to like it. It's okay. Yeah, I know I don't. It, it, you know, the reason I don't is just like. It's because you don't, the, there is no such thing as climate change. So why no, would you be concerned? No, 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 that's no? not it. I, I know, no. sort of. But really, when I hear that term climate change, it's like somebody define it. Oh, for me but that's what they call it now. That's what they know it as. So, you know, what else are you going to call it? All right. Well, we'll talk what, about what do you, it. What would, you, what would you call it? Are you concerned about the weather? <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> well, I suppose you could be concerned about the weather, but people know what I, you know, what people know. Yeah, what that means, I'm, just, so. I'm nitpicking. Yes. But we'll talk about that next hour with uh, Joe Bastardi as well. Um, this is something that uh, it, it's just annoying because they just kind of focus group test these words or these word phrases from global warming to the next coming ice age to climate change. And all they want to do is imprison you in a cell. And it'll be of your own making because you're, they're not going to make it for you. They're going to make it via you complying with their prohibitions. Oh, you shouldn't move. You shouldn't do anything because you're contributing to climate change. The climate is always changing. Now, what is causing the change more than anything else? I would argue sun, but uh, Joe's going to talk about an hour two, something else we have mentioned, but he's going to go into more depth on that. Uh, and he was with... Um, what was Accuweather. that? Accuweather. Accuweather, yeah. yeah. Big big time on the weather front. 
Uh, also, as we're wrapping up hour one, I just want to let you know about a documentary film that I participated in, help with. And we have, do you have the Rumble one? I don't like promoting the YouTube link. I know I have the YouTube link. They have it on there too. But I think, and I'm not going to play it now, but at least we can show you visually if you can find one of those pages to show everybody. It's called Utah Safe and Effective, a documentary. And we're going to show you a four-minute trailer in the bonus round today. That's the plan. But if you have the uh, the Rumble Connection page, that would be my preference to show visually what this looks like. And I hope that you'll watch it and you'll share it. And when the documentary comes out, we'll give you a link to it. It's in, I think, Superdon, you put it in the show notes, did you not? It's in the, uh, the newsletter? I did, yes. Okay. So if you scroll down in today's November 5th, 2022 show notes, uh, you have links to the becoming a U.S. Freedom Flyer if you haven't already connected with them. But also, there it is, the trailer. And I see it, Utah Safe and Effective, a documentary. And uh, I'm I'm in that hosting it, interviewing folks. And uh, there's a lot of good people, some of whom have been injured severely, uh, that share their story in this. And others actually proffering hopeful options on remediation to the damage caused by these jabs. And that's one thing I don't see in most of the documentaries that are out there that point out the danger of the jabs. Very few, if any, are doing anything more than just saying, hey, can we get some money from the government to help these people with their injuries? And of course, that money can only be utilized for medical interventions that make things worse, not better, for the most part. So, yeah, there it is. You see the uh, Super Don playing it for those of you watching it. But we'll play it in the bonus round. It's a four-minute or so uh, clip to get you started. And there's even a former professional basketball player, a former Miss Utah in it. There are young people that have been injured. There are medical professionals in it that have been injured. Others, again, proffering options on recovery. So I think this is going to be a very important documentary uh, coming out among many that are good, that are really good coming out. And I want you to be aware of that so you can share it. And if you're in Utah, share it with your legislators, your senators, the governor, the attorney general, whoever. Even if they don't want to see it, they need to see the human face of what's happened here. The injuries that have actually occurred due to the not safe and not effective mRNA COVID jabs. But it's not a political film at all. It's not designed to divide. It's not a Hegelian dialectic film. It's one sharing the stories of real people who have been harmed and who simply were trying to help by getting the jab. And now they realize they were deceived as well. So we'll we'll check that out in the bonus round, you said, right? Yeah, yeah. we'll play it in the bonus round. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Let's see what other kind of questions or comments are coming in. Uh, let's see. I think a lot of them were coming from our Delta Dawn, our, our lovely uh, uh, supporter here. And she is a part of the U.S. Freedom Flyers and talked about some of the coercive methods uh, that these uh, airlines were utilizing, in fact. Uh, lotteries, right? They entered you into lotteries. They had a drawing, three winners for 40 grand each. And, of course, how many out of the thousands of employees would win? Three people. Dude, um, that, that I, I totally forgotten about how all yeah. you had. A bunch of the states did that. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Where they had like yeah. these, these covid if you get your vaccine, then you can win a million dollars. And they spent all of this money on, I mean, and the joke, the joke was on, it was on the taxpayer on that one mm-hmm. because they had all of these millions of dollars of lotteries and these giveaways and stuff like that thinking, well, well, people are going to run out and get the vaccine yeah. because they want to win a million dollars. And when they did crunch the numbers at the end of all this, they mm-hmm. found out that all of those lotteries, all that money that they gave away to people did mm-hmm. not. Didn't increase the uptake of, of, of vaccines. It didn't. Yeah. It was yeah. just, they just threw all this money at people that would have gotten the vaccine anyway. Yeah. 
and and who's paying for it? Right. By the way, uh, Sherry Neal is thanking us for sending her Jonathan Emord's book called The Rise of Tyranny. She won that as we do the giveaways every month at our AMA or Ask Me Anything. And we have scheduled the next one for, do you have that date or I'm going to look it up? Saturday the 19th. 19th of November, 2022. This coming Saturday. This coming Saturday. Whoa, it's already. Or next AMA, y'all, if you're not patron supporters, please become one. At any level, and you are in. We do we do it live by Zoom, so we get to see one another, ask questions. It's become a, a wonderful community, people helping people. I all you got to do is just go over to the website over on the right hand side. There's all the banners of all the people that support this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them's going to say Patreon. Yeah, just click on that. You can join. You be you can become a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And that's going to give you access to all the previous AMAs. We've got seminars that you can get free access to that aren't available anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Downloadable chapters of Robert's book, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. There's even a video of, of you and I singing Copacabana. Yeah, you definitely, that's worth the price. Of you would, yeah, that's, that's worth, that's worth at least a nickel. Yeah. Did right? we, put, we put my Neil Diamond one in there that I did? No, that's, a, that's available uh, for public I don't know if that's up there. No, I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, also, I want to make sure, Super D, those that have donated and supported us to get these boards and, and the equipment, uh, that I want to send out a special invite for them because some people don't want to be part of the patron system, and I understand that. But if you are donating, we can have your email address. I will invite you specially to be part of it because you're part of that family of, that goes up and above and beyond. And if you're just sharing the show, God bless you. Thank you for that, too, because we, do <laughs> we don't have a lot of friends in the pharmaceutical PR industry to promote us. So thank you all for what you're doing. All right. We're at the top of the hour. We're going to do a little educational pause break, if you will, and come back and talk about the weather. No, I promise you it won't be boring. You will learn some stuff. Might be even shocking to you. What is the main driver of the shift in major weather patterns, whether it be considered cold or hot? Is it more than just a seasonal thing? Is it even more than the sun? Uh, Joe Bastardi, remember we mentioned AccuWeather. Got a great history in weather. He knows it weatherbell.com coming up next hour on the robert scott bell show where i simply remind you that the power to heal is yours Are you a bit, uh, let's say, tired, for lack of a better word, of hearing about, well, people telling you that you are the cause of global warming or global cooling or climate change, whether it be your gaseous emissions (laughs) Or your willingness to eat things that emit gas. You're the problem. Or, hey, hey, how about this? You're, you're, dry, you're traveling too much in your car, and it's spewing out all this stuff, and it's causing all the problems of the world. Or you're flying too much. And then you come to find out the world's elite who are blaming you for climate change are some of the most disgusting hypocrites on the planet as they've taken to the air, not via commercial airliner, but via private jet, 
by the hundreds. In fact, Egypt is reporting that I think over 400 private jets have landed at Sharm el-Sheikh Airport there to meet for the International Climate Summit, COP27 they're calling it, billionaires, political leaders, globalists all, going there to fight climate change and scream and cry about the average American and how dangerous and dastardly we are for daring to breathe out CO2, as if CO2 were causing warming. When we know it's not a toxic poison, it's a critical component to the greening and the life of plants all over the planet we live on. And our very ability to survive depends upon that CO2, O2 cycle. And that rather than being a noxious, dangerous, toxic gas, it is the reason why we have plants on the planet and how they give us oxygen as well, much less food that we eat. And if we eat the plants or if we eat the animals, they eat the plants that keep this cycle of life going. But these people who are blaming you for dastardly deeds and affecting the weather, they will fly forever in their jets private and cry about you daring to leave your home to go to the grocery store. Now, I wish that more of you went to the grocery store left less, not because I'm concerned about you driving the, the, the weather or making us warmer, but simply because it's inefficient and you could be producing better quality food in your own backyard, side yard, front yard, windowsill. And I realize that that might not supplant all of the food that you need to keep going, but certainly if you think that just converting to organic agriculture will be the answer to also the problems of chemical pollution associated with factory farming, just look at the example of Sri Lanka, where in order to elevate ESG stores, ESG scores to get low-cost loans from the IMF and World Bank and all their subsidiaries, you see the disaster that ensued by immediately implementing such a shift, the change that I think overall may be of benefit to grow more organically, rely less and less on toxic pollutants. And of course, when we talk about the environment, where I believe people on the right and the left would and could come together if they had rational discussions about what really is the problem, it isn't the shift in climate, warm or cold, but it's the poisoning of the people and the, and the animals on planet Earth by synthetic toxicology in the growth of food via factory farming methods. However, if we curtail them instantly like they did in Sri Lanka to get good ESG scores, you found out that people go hungry very fast. You cannot transition on a dime, the turn, the stop, you know, that kind of thing. Especially when most of the people were not growing food there in abundance. So part of the solution to what is coming via artifice, in other words, artificially induced shortages, we see the, the curtailing of deliveries via uh, attacks on what they call fossil fuel utilization, oil-based transportation methods. That is what provides the abundance on this planet that allow nearly 8 billion people, I think we're almost there, 8 billion people to live, to be alive right now on planet Earth. They say, well, that's not sustainable. So you're willing to kill, what, 4 billion, 1 billion, 6 billion? How many people are you willing to sacrifice by curtailing the production of energy that, it go, that then goes into food production to sustain life on planet Earth? 
This is where you look at the global warming alarmists or climate change uh, alarmists, and you say, you guys are actually okay with murder. You don't mind. And you like some of these people will go, well, we don't want to murder uh, animals, animals. That's right. I'm a vegan. I'm better than you. I'm holier than you because I don't, I don't eat animals. I'm like, in the meantime, if you want to mandate the way you want everyone else to live, it will result in the wholesale slaughter of billions of people on the planet. And you're okay with that. How is that a godly thing to promote? And we might not be able to stop the loss of billions of lives on planet earth, not because of climate change, but because of the injections that have been foisted on us through deception, through the fear of germs, mRNA injections. And we see died suddenly being the, you know, the trending thing you can look up. You're like, how the hell are 20 somethings and 30 somethings and 40 somethings in the prime of their life. And sometimes younger teenagers dropping dead of cardiac events. Oh, we are better at diagnosing that. That used to happen all the time. Now we're going to call it sudden adult death syndrome. And myocarditis and heart attacks and strokes in kids, that used to happen too all the time. We're just better at diagnosing that. Like they're better at diagnosing autism. For any of you that are over 50 years of age, especially, look back into your childhood and recognize all the autistic children that you grew up with. You just didn't know because they weren't being diagnosed. And then look at anyone with, uh, uh, let's say, a severe autism manifestation and tell me you wouldn't remember that from your childhood. We are being lied to and deceived about so many things, arguably maybe almost everything. The question is, how do we see through it? How do we break through it? We got to talk to people like Joe Bastardi on climate issues, on weather issues, to say, hey, what's really going on here? To go to levels that maybe it's uncomfortable to go to, but to recognize it, it ain't all about the humans. Yeah, stupid humans do stupid things. But one of the stupider things we could do is believe the lies about climate change being caused by humans and look at natural cycles and weather over thousands of years of recorded and not recorded history if we have the science to do so and say, wait, here's what's really going on. So let's welcome Joe to the Robert Scott Bell Show right now joe how you doing are you freezing are you are you cooking what's going on there uh, well we got about an inch of snow here in uh, central pennsylvania and it's snowing uh, pretty hard you could uh for those who follow me on weatherbell or uh, even watch me on twitter we've been talking about this big you know big uh, uh mid-november flip and that the uh you know october 27th we told people in florida we felt the hurricane was going to impact them as a matter of fact um I was speaking September 13th in Chicago to the natural gas people there and said, we expect a, a active, um, a very active uh, end game in the southeastern part of the United States with the hurricane season. At that time, nothing was going on. Um, and that uh, it would result in an early winter because we lined up similar patterns. You got to understand, folks, the problem we have today is that people only look at what's in front of them. They, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a great believer in my heavenly father. I'm blessed beyond belief in that I've gotten a chance and continue to have the chance to work in what God made me to do. So I feel if I've, um, I'm focused on the good Lord above, then his wind is at my back and I'm able to use the talents that I have, mm -hmm. uh, to, uh, be able to tell the truth, whether it's about the weather, what, what is a weather forecast? A weather, a weather forecast is an attempt to tell the truth about a future event. No one knows the future event. You may believe something's going to happen, 
So you're taught humility quite a bit with that kind of situation. And it's a great lesson that the weather teaches you. But what, what has happened here is a mass denial of Proverbs 25, 2, which it says, it's the glory of God to conceal the matter, to search the matter out, a glory of kings. And so what's happened is that when you see people say, no need to search out the matter, it's settled science, we're done, don't worry about it, uh, then the very things that are being concealed for us to search for mm-hmm. to, so that we can reach beyond our grasp are taken away from us. So it is actually... Uh, I, I believe it is a bigger negative than just uh, what you're seeing economically, socially, and other things. You know. Uh, by the way, I like your I like your uh, your sweatshirt. Underneath this, yes. okay, is a shirt I have, which is the same kind of. It's in yellow. Mm-hmm. All right, live free or die with the snake yeah. and all that because I'm get I'm going to be lifting. I always go in the gym lifting. <laughs> well, you want to have that message to let people know what you're all about. Right. Well, it's not that it's not so much that it's uh, it's it's the idea that it's, it, you know, uh, those people that, uh, you know, came up with that flag, they were reaching to a higher cause. You got to mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying. You try put yourself in that. What You know, I never thought I'm 67 now and I've been in love with the weather longer than anything in my life. In fact, you know, my mom and dad uh, just passed away this last uh, January. And, you know, you do a lot of reflection on things like that. I said, I'll be darned. I probably love the weather as long as I love my mom and dad. Now, it didn't hurt that I had a father who was a meteorologist and that knew how to encourage his son when he saw his son had talent rather than just say, "Okay, well, just try to do what everybody else does. That's a uh, popular thing today. So I, I was blessed with 66 years of great great parents. Uh, and, and one thing my dad always taught me was a foundation you stand on today was built yesterday to reach for tomorrow. So what happens is uh, you've got to know yesterday, you've got to understand yesterday, those who wish to trash yesterday, uh, and you know, your past is either a bedrock or quicksand. Those who are trying to destroy the foundation of the past, past I don't care if it's weather, I don't care if it's uh, you know, our country's history, what they're trying to do is design a, uh, a platform of quicksand so that the only way you can try to reach out of that mm-hmm. is to uh, turn toward them, right? So, uh, you know, it, it hooks into what Browning said that a man's reach must exceed his grasp or what's a heaven for, right? Well, what happens if you're sinking and you've got a design system meant to sink you and the only place you could reach out for is government dependency or, uh, you know, an elitist control type situation. And look, let me just uh, let me just say some people think I am wacky when I, I, I start talking like this. But this is the only conclusion that I could come to. I've written two Amazon bestsellers on climate and weather um, uh, inconvenient. Uh, the Climate Chronicles, Inconvenient Revelations. You won't hear from Al Gore and other. And the one that I think is really, really good is the weaponization of weather in the phony climate war. But I'm now starting to toy with the idea of writing a book called The Spiritual Conspiracy. You see, Robert, I don't believe that anyone that you see that is driving the climate issue or any other issue is actually evil. I just believe that there is a conspiracy going on. Not the, not the people have done it, but there is a conspiracy in the background, a, spirituality, a spiritual conspiracy 
that literally puts these ideas in these people's heads. And the ideas are that I can save humanity because I am smarter than humanity, I'm better than humanity. And so it is my duty to rise to this great level and help the masses. Joe, these are people with a God complex. I mean, they're- Oh yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Now now let's hook, hold on, let me hook this together here just for a Mm -hmm. second. Why did Lucifer get thrown out of heaven, right? And if you, uh, and again, you know, Paul Harvey came out with this way before me, if I were the devil back in 1965, just the greatest long range forecast ever made by anyone, Paul Harvey, for those of you who might remember him. But you would naturally want to take down God's greatest creation and uh, limit that creation from trying to actually uh, reach toward uh, a true higher calling. And so some of these things that are going on, uh, you know, I, I see the I see that the way the atmosphere works naturally, where, you know, I, I look at something and someone says, oh, that's CO2. No, it's not. We, we don't even use CO2 in uh, in forecasting the weather. We don't have uh, saturation mixing ratio charts for CO2. We have for water vapor, of course. So what what you what you're saying is you see with COVID, you know, with Fauci, with this uh, shiny penny thing with Wuhan. I mean, seriously, how does a virus come out of a lab ready to take down a large part of humanity? If you ever if you knows know anything about viruses, you know they have to continually morph. It takes a long time, and then yeah. bang, they they do work their way. Into I think we would acknowledge there was some evil intent, and if not intent, just uh, arrogance that would result in destruction of man by playing God. Man playing God is not a good play. It's not going to do well. That's exactly right. So what makes you think that you could control? See, this is what drives me nuts. The atmosphere is an infinite majestic system, right? And this idea, the idea that computer models can handle it is just laughable. They're, they're right maybe 90, 95% of the time, but it's the 5 to 10% of the time they're wrong that that's how I make a living because the fact that I, I do a lot of analysis of past events, I said, well, wait a minute, why is the model forecasting this over here? And uh, the same thing was setting up before, and that's not what happened. So what happens is you see the limitation of the model. I'm sorry, I'm reading this. Someone someone's wants me to start talking about chemtrails. No, I don't believe chemtrails are for uh, controlling the weather. All right. Well, we do, yeah, the one thing I will say about that, Joe, is interesting, the patents on Aerial spraying for global dimming have been acknowledged within yeah. uh, the government recently, interestingly enough. Yeah, well, they're always monkey. Listen, this is not new. Come on, no. guys. Look, we've been seeding, we were seeding hurricanes in the 1940s. All right. And you know why we quit seeding? I'm a big fan of seeding hurricanes, intensifying hurricanes coming to the coast, because I know if I can disrupt their inner core with a silver iodide that they put in, uh, affect the condensation processes. It's almost like uh, tweaking a hamstring on a guy that runs a 9-1. He may still run a 10-0, but he's not running a 9-1 anymore. So when you start looking at the, at the balances of nature, you understand that it, it, a hurricane or something, you might be able to tweak it for 24 hours, all right? But what makes you think that, uh, uh, you know, for instance, they, they got rid of Project Storm Fury, um, in 1947, there was a hurricane stalled east of Savannah, and they seeded it, and it turned west and went into Savannah, and they blamed the seeding for it. 
never mind the 1047 millibar high pressure over New England blocking it from going out to sea. So which, which caused the west move of the hurricane? The monster high pressure to the north and the ridging to the north? Yeah. Or, oh, we dropped a few silver iodide. So people are always trying to look mm-hmm. uh, toward that. I, 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 you take CO2, okay? Maybe chemtrails are like CO2, all right? I, I think that, look, you put extra CO2 in the air relative to what it was, there's probably going to be some kind of some kind of reaction. But how do you know? Listen, for those of you who think that the United States is controlling the weather, all right, or can control the weather, or man can control the weather, you have a valuable ally. In 1963, Fidel was up there claiming the United States stalled hurricane flora over his island. Dropped over 100 inches of rain, by the way. Made Harvey look like a spring shower. Santiago de Cuba had 100 inches of rain with this. And what happened was that was the year after the Cuban Missile Crisis. So what Castro was claiming was the U.S. was out to get him because of the the Cuban Missile Crisis. So 63, here comes Category 4 flora, hits near Guantanamo. It moves up half the island in two days, turns around, moves back down the other half of the island, then heads out to sea. So Castro said, see, the U.S. is trying to kill my island. You know what's funny about that, too? The people, if I were a Cuban and I heard that, say, El, El Leader or whatever he was, uh, is saying the United States is control the weather, I'd be saying, well, maybe we ought to, we ought to listen to the United States because if they could control the weather. But look, this has been going on, and that's the problem. A lot of you folks out there, I, 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 please, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking down to you. Yeah, who are you calling all you? I do, all I do is eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff. Yes. So people will ask me a question, and I realize I can't even talk to them because they 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 don't know the entire story, where the story right. began. Joe, you know, Joe, listen, I appreciate that backstory because the history that you've delved into in terms of cl- climate and weather events and the relationship to high-low pressures, I mean, it, to me, I'm fascinated by the weather too. My daughter is, I mean, we love, I love talking about the weather. It's not at all dull and boring. It's very interesting. And, and in fact, I'll take it to another level, the electric universe folks that talk about the electromagnetic aspect that is yeah. often not considered in terms of how do you hold millions or billions of tons of water suspended in air and these things called clouds until it decides to drop down? Where's gravity in that? There's got to be some other explanation that goes into an electromagnetic. Yeah, the, the water vapor becomes lighter than air as it uh, as it ascends. You know, the par- a parcel of air. Uh, if, if you have a a certain uh, certain buoyancy of the air. If the air becomes lighter, it's, you know, just yeah. I'm just I mean, still. I, at, I'm planting the seed not to go discuss the magnetism, but I think there's more to it than we well, have. Well, the is you 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 you're playing Aquinas and Aristotle. That's exactly. Listen, no, you are. See, you got to understand the weather is a spiritual thing. I tell people that all the time. You're always looking for the unmoved mover. Mm-hmm. Now, what is going on now is that you have a group of men that have become very politically and uh, socially charged up about how the world should go. And they have convinced a large segment of the public that the unmoved mover is carbon dioxide. This right. is fascinating since the carbon dioxide, the vast amount of carbon dioxide uh, in the planetary system is stored in the oceans. So if the oceans were to warm, it would release more carbon dioxide into the air. What now? If you if you ever talk to someone 
that's into the global warming thing, uh, you, you ask them, okay, well, how's this happening? Well, we've got heat trapping gas. That's not how it works. What happens is the car that there, there's certain bands in carbon dioxide that absorb outgoing long wave radiation. In other words, they heat things up or they become excited because of the warming of the earth. If the earth was not warming, CO2 would not even be part of the equation. So their argument is, well, what happens is you can't, uh, uh, you know, if the uh, if we, you're getting warmer, if the air is getting warmer, it means the earth below it can't get cooler. So it just feeds back and goes off. That's not how nature works. No, All that's right. nonsense. Absolute nonsense. But right. again, the program, you mentioned it earlier, program, just like with COVID, uh, the vaccines are safe and effective. No, that's a mantra. That's a marketing slogan. And when they say global warming caused by CO2 emissions by man, it's man-made anthro, whatever. God, and it's like, no, these are slogans. These are you know, marketed terms into making people believe something that's not scientifically validated. I'll tell you what, it's funny with the COVID thing. Uh, I'm still competing at bodybuilding. I'm still 67. Never took any steroids, but have been in gyms for you know 55, 60 years. And every one of the guys I ever saw that were sticking needles in them using shortcuts, as my dad says, you should never use a biological shortcut. Uh, they were winding up with problems down the road because once that's in your bloodstream. So when they came out with this stuff, I go, oh, wait a minute. And I, I just naturally be suspicious enough mm -hmm. to uh, say, well, that's not for me. Might be for you. Might be for this guy. It's just like when I go in the gym. I'm friends with everybody in the gym. But. One guy may be doing something he wants to do. It wants to look a certain way, and that, that and I can't. I'm not going to sit there and tell him not to do it. I don't. I don't believe in forcing, forcing God. But it was interesting in that. I believe France actually came up with the old, old time classic vaccine of uh, uh, dead. What they did was they isolated dead COVID cells, mm -hmm. right? And I said, well, that seems to be a pretty good idea because uh, that's how we used to do it rather than getting some kind of thing to fool your body into doing what, you know, whatever. And by the way, if you're going to fool your body into recreating a COVID reaction, all right, to, so your body, what makes you think you're not going to fool your body into some of the side effects that we. Yeah. Well, uh, you're thinking critically, Joe. That's why I appreciate you. Yeah. By the way, but, you all should check out this book. You want to talk about a guy that is still bodybuilding. You should check out the picture on this yeah. book, dude. And we have it. Uh, it's linked up and it's called the weaponization of weather in the phony climate war came out, uh, September of 2020. And you see the guy, man, he's got guns. Uh, it, what are you, is that an air gun that you're holding in? No, that? it's a toy. It's, it, I was, these people look, let me explain Why are you holding a real gun in that thing. The, the cover's pure satire. Okay. These people all believe they're like in a war. And I'm like, why'd you go serve in Afghanistan? Mm -hmm. All right. Or, really or, or, you know, my wrestling coach at Penn State was one of the first men on the beach in Normandy. My dad served in the armed forces. All right. I always used to wonder, could I measure up to those guys that came before me? So what do I have? I have a toy machine gun with my my uh, th that shirt I was telling you about. I have that on. See the, the, the right toy machine gun, American. And I'm shooting daisies at people. Mm -hmm. Daisies because, uh, you know, I am an environmentalist. It's satire. You're not fighting a war. These guys come out. Oh, the, uh, they come out with the, the new climate war or dispatches from the front lines of the climate. What are you talking about? You're, all you're doing is trying to elevate yourself to something you aren't capable of being. 
And if you want to go be a warrior, go join our armed forces or something like that, or our police forces. I'll tell you what's a good idea. Try to raise a family, okay, in the way families have have led to the success of this country, as opposed to this definition, that definition, whatever. You know, they're different, they're different ways to do it. But when you see people saying, we're on the front lines of the climate war, you know what that means? They're elevating their own, their own value because they seek to strive to be something they are not. Mm-hmm. All right. They're not happy. Look, let, let me tell you folks something, okay? Guess what? If the whole climate argument went away tomorrow, so what? Yeah. The weather is always there. Do you understand what me? It's so what? All mm-hmm. right. If it went away tomorrow, do you realize what would happen to the, I mean, look where society's being pushed. Look at ESG. Look at all these people flying into Cairo. All right. I, I caught one of them. I, these people are so, they just lie. They are, they don't know what's going on. I'm here in Cairo and where climate change is blah, 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 blah. It's so hot. I got on, I got on climb. Cairo's averaging five to six degrees below normal. Of course it's hot. If you come from the Netherlands and go down to Egypt, it's going to be hot. Of course, everything is caused by climate change. If the weather's cold, it's climate change. If it's hot, it's climate change. If it's raining, it's climate change. If it's, it's, it's a drought, it's climate change. Joe, stand by. I want to talk more about the weather and what might be underneath the oceans impacting yeah. the weather more than anything most people are disgusted disgusted by. No, discussing. <laughs> We're going to talk more about it, Joe. Hang in there. I want to say thanks to our friends at Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org, are providing quality education in body, mind, spirit, healing uh, options. And there are many people within the medical realm, doctors and nurses, also now discovering Trinity School of Natural Health to learn about the things they were not taught in medical school. Yes, you heard me right. The Flexner Report of 1910, limited education training, the curricula within medical school to be primarily focused on drugging people who have symptoms that are not evidence of a lack of those drugs. The FDA approved drugging methodology. You can't poison people back to health. That's absurd. I can teach fourth graders and they know better. So trinityschool.org, also the upcoming Trinity Health Freedom Expo, virtual expo, where you can have access to all of the lectures and presentations that were given at the October event in 2022. And that'll be happening February 18th and 19th, the weekend uh, in February 2023. And you will access not only all of the presentations, but also new presentations that were not done there, including live uh, uh, panel discussions on health freedom. That's coming up as well. Shout out to our friends at Nutritional Frontiers as well, providing the certified organic U.S. grown hemp CBD products, including revolutionary transdermal delivery systems. So an area in need, you can put it right over there. It won't just stay on the surface. It'll be driven in safely. Certified organic U.S. grown, clean, clean, clean. And you can use the code RSB15 to get the discounts. RSB15 to get the discounts uh, that are even included on top of whatever discounts that they're giving you sales that they have each month. And we highlight and spotlight some of those discounts as well. So I want to thank them for supporting this message of health, freedom, and healing Liberty, and also providing the ability for us to communicate and have interviews like with Joe Bastardi here from AccuWeather, the things that he's done. And now with the website and here, let me bring it up. It's called weatherbell.com. It's linked up. Yeah. Let me just say, I don't work with AccuWeather anymore. No, I, I realize it was like yeah, the backstory. I, 
The best. They are all in with global warming. Oh, I know. And the point of this, Joe, is like, I want people to get their weather from something that's not woke and, and nonsensical. Does is Weather Bell like that a place, or is it more like? No, no we do. We deal with the weather. I mean, we've got a couple. Of, I mean, I get it. the discussions about uh, climate change with my fellow forecasters last five minutes, and we start arguing about something uh, that's meaningful, <laughs> like what the Mets are doing or the Phillies are doing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to understand. Mo- the biggest, the biggest thing with Weather Bell is nail the forecast. Do anything you can to nail the forecast for the client. Further away, give people angles that uh, they're not, other people aren't looking at. It's a model-driven uh, weather community now. And because of uh, guys like me and Joe DeLeo and Tom Downs, uh, we are, we are uh, analog and analysis-based forecasters. We certainly use computer models, my goodness. But yeah. they're tools. They're tools. And so, we, for instance, if you get your app and look at a forecast, Look at it every six hours. It'll change on you out there day eight, nine, and 10, because sure. all it does is regurgitate the computer models. The U.S. generated computer. You know, I got it's such a big kick. Uh, uh, nine days before Hurricane Ian, it wasn't even, it was just a mass of clouds. The pattern recognition said, this is coming, this is coming, this is coming. Wasn't even being looked at at the time. I wrote an article on CFAX at Attention Governor DeSantis. It went on a week before the um, uh, the hurricane saying you're going to get hit by a major hurricane, right? You see it played in the nose of my face. What was going on? Wasn't on the models yet. Wasn't it? it wasn't anywhere to be found, right? I mean, uh, there were, but that was set up way, way before. And this is a problem you have with everything I see going on today. The story today started long ago. I don't care if it's climate. I don't care if it's COVID. I don't care if it's racism. It started long ago. And if you distort the facts or you don't look at the facts, you're not going to be able to come up with the right answer. And so I'm and let me tell you something, folks, I'm not saying I have the answer, but I dying sure have the questions. And if I keep questioning myself on something, perhaps I'll be blessed enough to come up with the correct answer. That's what I do for my clients. My father used to always my father's a meteorologist, graduated out of A&M in 65 he graduated at the age of 35. He had his whole family with him. It was unbelievable. I still go down to Texas A&M. Believe me, I'm suffering this year with this whole A&M football. It's 62 years now of just being tortured. They sucked the life right out of me. But what happens was my, my dad would always, would always uh, try to look at things from a very basic uh, point of view. He taught me that uh, weather and climate were nature's way of trying to correct an imbalance inherent to the system that she cannot correct, all right? You've got to understand that the system is set up for chaos and then order, chaos and then order. Once order is restored, chaos develops. This is a very spiritual lesson also because uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, uh, you know, I'm sort of borrowing from Jordan Peterson here because I listen to him. I go, boy, I'll tell you what, that guy, I'd like to talk to that guy about the weather. Because what happens is in in a life, in your own life, you may have chaos. You get stronger by restoring order. If you have nothing but chaos, you're going to descend into hell. Yeah. If you have nothing but order, you're not going to get stronger. So you, uh, so nature is set up a certain way. You got to understand that. And the question is, how much do you want to compete with what you have to compete with, and where can you turn your focus? So over the years, the weather's always been my god. Seriously, and it's only 
over the last five to 10 years, I realized through the patience of my heavenly father, he said, you want to know something? Maybe you should look at the weather, not as your God, but a way to see God better mm. and, and understanding that linkage. And, you know, it, it, it turned into I, my attitudes changed on things. I always felt I had to try to prove I'm smarter than the guy next to me or do this. Well, when you try to do this or that and prove you're smarter, that those people basically become your God. Okay. You understand that if you're playing to an audience, the audience becomes your idol. All right. How about if you say, Hey, I'm the dumbest man in the room, but I want to learn. Yeah. The most again, you know what, uh, Robert? I should have learned this in wrestling because I was the worst guy on the Penn State team when I walked on over there. But because I was bad and I wanted to get better, I wrestled everybody. So I was the worst wrestler in the room. I would just, I just be happy to be able to wrestle with some of the guys who are real tough because it made me better. All right. So uh, that kind of thing applied with nature and applied with the atmosphere. This is an infinite system. And guess where most of the energy is? In the ocean. That's where I want to go now, Joe. Let's go dive into the deep end of the ocean and say, hey, is volcanism, and I don't mean Spock, but what is heating the ocean in the times of La Nina versus El Nino? Could it have something to do with more than even the sun? We talk about the sun drive being the major driver of climate in our solar system. In fact, impacting apparently all planets. You know, you, they can measure temperatures on other planets apparently, and they say, oh, look, it's warming over there too. Oh, it must be because humans are driving too much on Earth that Mars got warmer. You know, it's so absurd. Yeah, those Mar- the Martians are really, let me tell you, I'm worried about that. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure Joe Biden is too. The Martians are pissed. They're just right, exactly. Out. It's all because you humans drive too much. Listen, let's go underwater and say, hey, what's going on there to change the temperature of water? Well, well I'll tell you what, something that, uh, uh, you know, when I, I've, I've watched this, uh, the oceans warm up over the last 30 years, I said, I, I, I developed this theory called uh, natural, uh, natural uh, cycle intersection, where there are these large scale cycles that are going on and cycles upon cycles, and you can't see their origins. Their origins may have been a century ago, half a century ago, may have been uh, 200 years of high sunspot activity. But when they intersect together, it's like a rogue wave. If you've, you've ever seen a rogue wave, you're, uh, you know, they occur quite a bit off the eastern seaboard of the United States. The weather is just fine. Nothing's going on. All of a sudden, a 20 foot wave appears because there's storms many, many miles away, many days away. And the, uh, the waves from those storms come out and they're not detectable until they start intersecting with waves from other storms. So I had this theory. I said, okay, well, that might be applicable. What else is applicable is the, uh, uh, the CO2 feedback theory. That's certainly something that should be looked at, okay? And, but I kept, I kept looking at the oceans, and I know that the oceans have 99.9% of the thermal ca- capacity of the entire system. They also heat the atmosphere, okay? You're not going anywhere without the oceans. If the ocean temperatures were the same as they were in the 1980s, you could put all the CO2 you want into the air. The global temperature would hardly change at all. Okay, because the input of water vapor into the air would Mm -hmm. be such that you wouldn't see the warming. See, that's the big key, folks. That is a huge key. Water vapor, water vapor has a much bigger effect on the temperature where it's cold and dry. Mm -hmm. So the warming is distorted. Right. It's occurring in the north and it's occurring in the south more so than in the middle where most people live. It's maybe maybe warmed up a tenth of a degree. Right. Let me me add 
my personal experience with what you're saying to validate it just on a localist of local level in my greenhouses. We use water as our thermal mass. In, That's in right. Buckets at the bottom. During the day, the sun goes through the twin wall polycarbonate that has a little bit of an insulated layer, and it warms that water at the base. And overnight, it slowly releases that thermal energy that even when it's in the teens, which it has been the last few nights, I can walk in there in the middle of the night and it's like, man, I can take my shirt off and be comfortable. The plants are happy. And I'm input. Just sun heating up the water. But again, that's a unique circumstance that's concentrated. How much does the sun impact the water itself? Or is there something from within or under the water itself? Well, that's think about if you're going to, if you're going to heat a, a pot of water. Do you heat it with a blow dryer? Do you heat it with a infrared light, or do you heat it with the thermal uh, the thermal coils from your your stove? I bust out. Okay, I'm uh, I'm friends with the wrestling coaches at Penn State. They've uh, I'm a volunteer strength coach, more like a mascot now for the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, I, I get in the sauna after practice, and in comes Coach Cunningham, Casey Cunningham, who is the assistant coach, and he comes in with that bucket of water and he pours it on those heating coils and the temperature once the one, not only you get hit with the blast, you know, with the steam, mm-hmm. but once that energy is absorbed in the sauna, even though the sauna's coils are only up to 194, Casey will get that thing up to 213 to 214. So they, you know, they're always busted out. Hey, global warming, this global warming. I said, guys, even you wrestling coaches can understand what's causing the global warming. Casey don't come in here with buckets of carbon dioxide. He's got water, <laughs> right? So what happens? So what? Okay. So to make a long story short, at minus forty degrees, you need the increase of uh, one tenth of a gram per kilogram of water vapor to correlate to a ten degree temperature rise. Why? Because once you push that water vapor in the air, there's condensation. All right. Once there's condensation, there's cloud formation. Once there's cloud formation. There are processes that go on, same as you were just talking about in your greenhouse there. My grandfather ran a greenhouse, and he did the same thing to you. This was back in the 1950s and 60s, by the way, yeah. right? It was, all, it was always warm in that greenhouse, I'll tell you that right now, even in the winter. But uh, what, would, what, what, would ha- what happens is that same amount of water vapor doesn't warm the areas further south as much. And uh, the smoking gun of the whole thing is that over the tropics, where we're supposed to have a tropping, uh, trapping hotspot, it's gone the other way, which means we are distorting the planetary temperature pattern. What does that mean? When it warms more to the north than it does to the south, it decreases the zonal potential energy. The total energy may be increasing by some amount. We don't know because they refuse to quantify it. Isn't that convenient? But the zonal potential energy is decreasing because you need it colder to the north, warmer to the south, or in the case of the southern hemisphere, colder to the south, warmer to the north. Now, where do the volcanoes come in? Well, I'm looking at the sea surface temperatures. I've noticed an interesting situation. Back in 85, the sea surface temperatures are you know colder than normal all over the place, and this hot spot goes off south of Alaska. I said, oh, that's interesting, right? And it disappeared. When it disappeared... The oceans were still cooler than what they are today, but just a tad bit warmer. Bang, another hot spot goes off several years later. This thing keeps occurring, okay? And what really set me off was in 2019, a volcano went off, and nobody said boo about it. And what it did was it heated a certain part of the Pacific Ocean, tropical Pacific, 
which changed the reaction of what we call the Madden-Julian oscillation, all right? If you get the Madden-Julian oscillation into phase six, the United States is going to be very warm in the winter, okay? Phase six is the four, five, and six of the kiss of death for uh, cold and snow in the United States. Well, we had a cold, snowy winter forecast. Now, why would I do that? Because in looking at the modeling, the modeling did not know this volcano was going to go off. So it had a certain temperature profile that was conducive to a colder winter in the United States. When that volcano went off, it, war- it changed the temperature distribution in the tropical Pacific. Well, this really got me mad. I Listen, uh, you know what? I, I do not like being wrong. Mm-hmm. I do not like getting, you know, my brother and I, we would fight over, you know, baseball cards. I mean, <laughs> I'm very competitive, uh, you know. And so what happened? Well, asked, what the heck is going on? Now, this Tonga volcano went off. And while everybody was talking about how it blew ash all the way into, the, you know, higher than ever, um, what I looked at was the the amount of underwater heating from that volcano. Then in turn, and it's beautiful. You can't, listen. There's an article on CFAC uh, called uh, More on the Volcanic Climate Link. If you get a chance, go on and read that. You see the sea surface temperatures remaining warm in a perfect curve over top of the Pacific Ring of Fire. So where that volcano went off, there's a natural circulation that then brought that warm water up into the Gulf of Alaska again. So we had record-breaking warmth in the Gulf of Alaska, right, this past summer. Well, what does the atmosphere keep uh, has to react to that? How does it react? It leads to more upward motion in the Western Pacific and over Asia. That, in turn, increases the easterlies across the Pacific, which in turn leads to the La Nina. So mm-hmm. the La Nina is self-sustaining. It's all this is the atmosphere trying to fight back. Do you understand what's going on? Mm-hmm. You have a giant La Chatelier's principle being demonstrated. Now, when I was in college, by the way, was, I feel like I'm in meteorological school from a guy. Well, that yeah, knows Le Chat- Here's Le Chatier's in a nutshell. Introduce something foreign to the system. The system will adapt and establish a new base. Mm-hmm. All right. It doesn't say it'll feed back and blow up. That's not what happens, especially with the atmosphere. So you're seeing this go on. And I, what I did was uh, I, I said, oh, my gosh, I, this paper came out in 2014. I had not seen it about an exponential increase in underwater volcanic activity. Mm-hmm. The IPCC has dismissed this. A lot of folks have dismissed this. I am pretty certain this is a smoking gun behind the warming that we see. It makes sense, all right, as opposed to the increase of uh, one gram per... Uh, yeah, no, I, I like the, uh, the lengths of cause and effect with rational connections that you can validate. And this is why I enjoy having you on. I think other people do as well. We have our friend, uh, Pat, who says, I love Joe Bastardi. He is America's meteorologist in my book. Well, thank <laughs> you. Very kind. Uh, and well, I, I just want, I just want to say this. Look, folks. Yeah. All right. Cause it sounds like we're getting ready to sign off here. Uh, but, uh, but look, I don't have the answers, uh, but it, you know, only God has the answers. All right. But the questions are there. If you want to look, and they will strengthen you. You don't get stronger by just sitting around, you know. And for those of you going to a gym, if you just had your train, you know, trainer says, hey, do this. No, you're the trainer. You lift the weights. You're not going to get stronger that way. So life is life is uh, constructed by that. And nature will teach you that. 
And all of this is, you know, it, it's just so, so wonderful a lesson that we can all learn that can strengthen us. But when you get people who are trying to distract you from that, listen, here's the thing. If, okay, suppose you don't believe in God. That's fine. I would never force my beliefs on you. I'll, I'll discuss them with you. That's fine. But you got to figure out what you, you want to do. You know, that's free will. God gave us all free will. But assume you believe in God. If truth is a highway and a trait of God, what is hiding the truth or non-truth or distorting the truth a trait of? All right. Be- believe me, the design of the system, if, 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 if you were God and you wanted to fellowship with your greatest creation, your greatest prize, would you just create everybody as a bunch of robots or would you create natural challenges mm-hmm. for those people, uh, the, your greatest prize to turn yeah. to you? Look at how you raise your kids, right? So the atmosphere, in the end, the atmosphere is now this giant example of all this to me. And because of that, it can make me much more objective about what I'm looking at. If I'm playing to a crowd or I want to be more popular, I want to hang out with uh, Bill Nye or you know <laughs> Leonard DiCaprio or whatever, I'll, yeah. I'd say one thing. But no. you know what? As much as as much as I'd enjoy, I enjoy hanging out with everyone, right? The fact of the matter is, I've been hanging out with the weather every day since I was three. Every morning is Christmas to me. I get to uh, wake up and uh, unravel this gift or unwrap this gift that God has given me with mm-hmm. the weather. And so that's how I look at it now. So it's a very simple approach from a very simple person. But Joe, I enjoy the philosophy that you bring out from your passion for the weather and what it's done. And 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 uh, again, this uh, this discussion needs to happen all over the place, so we're not deceived as as well as we are deceived by those that want to. I think own and control us and limit our freedom. That freedom you talk about, we believe in here, and uh, God is part well, of. Of course, you do. I mean, what's God's greatest gift to man? Free will. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So if you were the devil, you're not the devil, Robert, but if you were the okay. devil, wouldn't you want to steal the very the best That's gift sure. that you could Freedom possibly choice. Exactly. They want to take it away based on the weather. Uh, one <laughs> last question, Joe. The Mountain West in the U.S. suffering from droughts, not enough uh, precipitation in the winter. Actually, sure. you're not suffering from drought as bad as you think you are. You're suffering from the fact that there are four to five times more people living there than 30, 40 years ago. I put I've shown people this many, many times. We just had one of the rainiest uh, summers ever in the Colorado River Basin. Do you know in 1965 when uh, the Bastardi family went out to California to visit my Uncle Joe, who was out on the West Coast, my dad's rebellious brother, uh, I spent about six hours waiting to cross the Colorado River in Yuma. I wanted to, because I was my dad's navigator with the maps, and imagine my disappointment crossing this river and there was no water in it. This is in April of 65, right? Yeah. That has always been occurring. But look, if you want to put forward the Palmer Drought Severity Index has demand in it, right? <laughs> this is ridiculous. California, by nature, is a dry climate. And these people go, oh, so it's climate change. It's doing it. Look how bad the drought is. No. You have 50 million people living there now, and they're demanding all the water. Sure. Well, here's my question. Is, are any of volcanoes going to help us to get even more snowpack for those that like to ski in the Mountain West? Well, there's a heck of a, no, well, the snowpack is off to a great start this year. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, is, this has been great. Through the winter, I'm, I'm pushing you for predictions you don't want to make. No, 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 no. I've, we've already made the prediction that we think the Southwest is going to warm up uh, during the winter, that this front part of the winter, I think from uh, Oregon 
up into uh, Washington and into Idaho, Montana, the northern areas are going to do real good. The southern areas, once you get uh, south of Bakersfield and uh, San Francisco and those mountains down there, not so good. We need an El Nino to go off again. All right. So, I mean, this is just a natural back and forth that occurs. But look at look at what look at what happened with the, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm telling people back in October, it's going to be great skiing this year for Thanksgiving uh, in the Colorado Rockies. And I mean, they were just getting pounded in there with the, yeah, a there's, lot some, of there's some good base already there. Joe. Yeah. I appreciate you. Hey, listen, I, I enjoyed having you on. If you want to come on anytime with some more, you uh, just call me. Hey, listen, anytime you, anytime you need to like have someone, if I listen, if I could have wrestled the way I talked, I would have been national champ. So anytime you need me to talk to you, you just right. call me out here. But the kind of wrestling we'd be talking about probably isn't the same kind. collegiate wrestling although i'm big fan of mma now a lot of the penn state uh the great penn state national champs are fighting mma and they're doing real impressive and i took up kickboxing for fitness and i'm enjoying that as well so yeah well i'll tell you what there are a lot of a lot of conservative guys uh that do a lot of that stuff now so good to see good to see see you joe thanks for being on board and we got links to your website as well and you keep rocking the weather world like you're doing. Hey, enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. God bless you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right, Joe Vistardi on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Fascinating discussion. Uh, and, you know, we went over, but that's okay. I enjoyed uh, – he's got a passion that I love having the ability to share. When we come back from our break into the bonus round, I've got some questions of the day. If Super Don lets me, I will answer. One of them related to homeopathy and ice and uh, some other things. And since Super Don does include that in the in the um, in the podcast, you're not going to miss it. For those of you listening on UK Health Radio, you've got to plug into the Robert Scott Bell Show podcast as well. Come on over to robertscottbell.com, sign up for the newsletter or text RSB to 22828. And I'll remind you as I do each and every day, and I'm reminding me too, the power to heal is yours. All right, bonus round commences, and there's a well. There's some chock full of good stuff here too. Not just uh, random acts of uh, uh, verbal distribution of who knows what's coming out of Super Don's brain or mine. <laughs> I've got some questions today. I need to answer. We'll see if we can get to it. I'm just uh, shout out to our friend Tia Severino. I just see that she's announced the Next Steps Conference for 2023. The dates will be February 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Wow, it was two days before, wasn't it, Tia? That's a big step up. Let me know if I'm invited to that one to present. I don't know. But anyway, I'm, I'm happy to tell the world. Get her back on to, to talk about it. Oh, you're back? Bring her back. Well, we'll bring her back on. Of course we will. Yeah. Uh, Am I back? Yeah, I'm back. You're what back. Are you talking about? Am I back? Yeah, you look like there's some extra clouds and condensation in your studio because we were talking. You about know, it's the angle of the sun. Now that we're in the stupid cha- daytime change, whatever thing that we keep, we're still doing in this country. It's just ridiculous. The, the The sun hits the studio differently than it used to. See if I do this right here. If I block, if I block that right there. See, look. You know, yeah. Oh, that makes now, it, now it looks it good. That makes do that it a lot better. So I don't know. I, I'm thinking about getting a different camera anyway. But okay. Anyway. Anyway. So all right. So listen, we. I didn't have to say much today with Joe Bastardi. That guy, you just talk. You know, <laughs> another. He's so passionate. He about likes it. to talk, doesn't he? Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, the U.S. Freedom Flyers guy, Josh Yoder, was awesome. Good people today. Uh, we try to get good people on the show and uh, talk about all kinds of things. So it happens somehow. Guy. Somehow it happens. I don't know. Yeah. Especially, oh. especially lately. Yeah. How did we do it? Well, I think yeah. Kevin's helping us out there too. Uh, no, we didn't talk about the high frequency active auroral research project. Harp. <laughs> that was a you know too much. I, I couldn't get there. I mean, I'd talk to him about it, uh, but we couldn't get there. So maybe next time. But uh, someone who actually is in the weather and meteorology that doesn't fall for the the lie of global whatever ing, uh, I think that's worth talking about. Uh, let's see here. What else? What else? Any other questions or comments coming through the chat room before? Is it okay if I do at least one of the questions today, if not both of them? What do you think? I know they don't get it on UK Health Radio now that we're in the bonus mm -hmm. round. Everywhere else will. If you want to. It's no, your show, I mean, man. It's your show. What do you want to do? Don't get, don't throw that it's your show on me. It is your show. You want to do a question of the day? It's it's your show to produce. Do you want do you do one well yeah, but it's still your show. Well, you yeah. have the final say. Well, we did talk about the weather today. You good. are the dictator of the Robert Scott Bell I, show. I really I'm a dictator now. You are. Only occasionally. Yes. Benevolent though. All right, whatever. Fine. Here we go. Come on. Work. I don't hear Damn it. it. I see Damn it. it. Work. It's stalled. You know, I have noticed that there are glitches. Well, also you've got one red surface that we do. You went down into the red zone in terms no, of that wasn't that wasn't my, my internet. It was all right, let's try it again. Ah, look at that. Yeah. What is going on there? It's stalled <laughs> out. No, seriously, I'm seeing, you know, you know that green thing? It's dropping down to one red button. See, mine is is green. Okay. So the this 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 thing that we use is not perfect. Yeah. All but, right. Um, well, shall we talk about Tracy's question or Kat's question? Um I think I will I'm do Kat's right. first because right, um it's a continuation of uh, one that we answered the other day. That was the second one, right? Yes, yes. So let's do that. That looked even different. I like that look. I like that one. Did you just make that? I have no. I have. I, there's three that I initially put together, and we've always used like the same one. Oh, that one's really nice. Uh, the one you just you used. like that one. I okay. Do. So this is from Cat. She says, first of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to answer questions for us all. This is very kind and helpful of you to do this. Much appreciation. Look, I, <laughs> I love answering questions. Y'all don't send enough questions in, so I just answer them when they come in. I remember back in the day, there there were days where we would do literally all questions for a whole yeah. hour. You remember that? I do. I don't. Yeah. Maybe we've answered so many. They're like, I'm tired of him. Our listeners are extremely smart. They just I don't do. have questions. You know, they know everything. Yes. They've been listening to the show for so long. They know it all. Yeah. This is a continuation from yesterday's question. Hope that is okay. Yes, it's okay, Kat. I am trying Belladonna 6C for severe dry eye syndrome. I'm very sensitive to everything, so when I start something new, I dilute it in water, doing two pellets in about two ounces of water. A homeopathic doctor who I knew years back recommended this for me. So the first day I did this, I felt like my eyes got more dry and my mouth too. Does this mean it is not working or it may be too diluted? What is your advice, please? Maybe I have to take it for a while. I know homeopathy can be tricky. All right, let's stop there for a moment and talk about this. When you have a shift in symptoms after taking a homeopathic remedy, 
it might not always be the shift you want. In the process of healing and recovery, there can be, uh, let's say, changes in how the body metabolically is interacting with all the things that it's dealing with. You might have triggered some more of the vital force of the body to establish health. And in the way to get there, it's sometimes the proverbial worsening before it gets better. So that's not bad. Now, obviously, if it gets so bad, oh, my gosh, it's like an aggravation or a healing crisis. You may consider other things. I always look to the uh, liver and excretory system of the body because you're stirring up the pot, so to speak, not in a bad way necessarily, but if the liver, the kidneys, the lymph, the colon, these things are not working the way fully that they're designed to, you can have this backlog of whatever it is. You know, the body's dealing with it. Now we got to move it on out. So there are other things to consider. In the case of 6C belladonna for an eye issue, I'm going to hold up uh, uh, the remedy. I asked my wife about this. She uses these Similison remedies. These are homeopathic eye drops. You can actually see uh, years ago, they started, I see, started seeing this in eye doctors, optometrist office. I was like, holy crap, they're doing homeopathy in an allopathic profession. Similison has done a good job marketing their products around the world here in the United States as well. And in this particular one is redness and itchy eye relief. There is one for dry eyes as well that they have that has, it might also have uh, belladonna in it. This one, in fact, does have, uh, let's see. Let me look at the homeopathic label. Here we go. I got to raise, I got to get new glasses. I'm going to be talking about that soon too, as well. Uh, Apis mellifica for stinging, burning, and itching. Euphrasia officinalis for redness and irritation. Eyebright, it's known as. Pulsatilla is in here. Okay, 6X, itching, burning, redness, watering, and Sabadilla for watering, redness of lids. So they've selected four different remedies in, um, and also it's preserved with silver sulfate primarily, interestingly enough. They used to, you know, if you remember uh, contact lens solution, not long ago had mercury in it. Remember those days? Mercury was used as a preservative. I do water. remember that. In fact, I mercury ended up, is used it in, irritated my eyes. Yeah, and yeah. mercury has been used in, um, vaccines, right. As a preservative agent. Um, and that's of course the, uh, I haven't, we haven't talked about those things in a long time. Have we mercury and vaccines, even though it's still there, even in residual amounts of, of subcomponents, but we must consider that interestingly enough, mercury might be an appropriate remedy. Mercurius in a homeopathic form can also be indicated for eye issues because if you have mercury toxicity, it affects all tissues of the body, including tissues of the eye. And so utilizing a homeopathic form of mercury, the only safe way you could ever use mercury can help facilitate that. And you might see in the dry eye formula, there might be mercurius in there as a homeopathic remedy. So that might be helpful to you in addition to what you're doing with belladonna, for instance. Now, how often to use it depends on severity of symptoms. If you want to trudge through the changes or plow through and hit it again, hit it again and again, and just monitor how you're doing. And if it continues to worsen, stop, try a different remedy, for instance, or just wait and see if things can level out over time. Uh, P.S. She says, my friend and I heard you on an interview last year or so, and you gave some advice about what to use for an abscess tooth, and it worked. You are a genius. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you. Now it's stroking my ego. Ego. No, it's not going to get you anywhere. I am not a genius. I just happen to pay attention. I happen to do my homework. I happen to research, and it makes me look like a genius in some areas. I've seen stuff. I know stuff. I share and communicate that stuff. And when it's right, I go, oh, look, I'm a genius. No, that's what you say. <laughs> Super Don is annoyed right now. I can feel it. 
Uh, like you recommend, I will try the cardio miracle. Yours in freedom, Cat. Well, Cat, thank you, thank you for writing in. And and quite honestly, that idea of being a genius is something that when I met uh, the homeopathic doctor when I was 24 years of age that I would end up studying with for 10 years, I would say he was pretty much a genius too. He knew stuff I didn't know, or I should have known based on some of the things I even learned in high school. And it was uh, quite extraordinary to recognize eventually that it wasn't so much that he was a born genius. I mean, he wasn't born with the knowledge he had to learn because he was sick and dying of tuberculosis in the 1960s and found a way to cure himself, even when doctors, even when homeopaths gave him up for dead. And so he wanted to live. So he did what was necessary to survive and then ultimately thrive in a body that was devastated in his 40s. And he lived well into his 70s, maybe early 80s before he died uh, after having an accident that killed in a hospital treatment, what they did. But that's another story. But what I would say about the genius proclamation, and, and it's true, we, we could talk about people who are really smart, they're genius. I'm not talking about child prodigy. You know, you go a Mozart, it's like, you know, writing these things and doing it. It's like, did he learn that this lifetime? Did he come in with it? How? We get into some really big existential and spiritual questions. But in terms of uh, those that we consider genius level intelligence in this lifetime, you know, look at Liam Sheff and all that he knew and wrote about, but he was very well studied. Now, somebody might say, well, he was smart to begin with. Well, yeah, he had a brain and he used it. But even those that may not have been Ivy League level educated and, and Liam uh, didn't go to an Ivy League school per se, he was smarter than most people in an Ivy League school, but he applied, the, he applied critical thinking to everything he did and dove deep into the history books and learned and read and learned and read. And he came out and you're like, dude, that's a smart guy, genius level. And in some areas I'm fairly smart and I know some stuff, but there are other areas like some of the stuff that uh, uh, Joe Bestardi was talking about the weather words that I haven't encountered because I haven't studied the weather like that. Does that make me dumb or you dumb? No, it just means we haven't studied to the level or degree that he has in terms of weather. And you might say, well, he's a genius when it comes to the weather. Well, did he, was he born with that or did he work hard to get there? Super Don, a genius at producing the Robert Scott Bell show and other shows. Was he born with that knowledge? Are you laughing, Super Don? There you are. Yeah, you made me chuckle a little bit. Okay. There. Yeah. But you no, know, think about you didn't know anything about board hopping, much less all the stuff that you do today. In midlife, you 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 learned a new skill. You studied. You went deep in. I was extremely enthusiastic, and that's the reason why it it uh, turned into what it did. Mm -hmm. I, I've told the story before that you know I I'd always wanted to be in radio, and it was something that I just I just I just wanted to do. I used to make mixtapes on my my little you know uh, radio with the cassette player and try and you know record the songs and make them sound right and stuff. And then I got got. I had the unique opportunity of uh, having lunch with a couple of my favorite local DJs. They had a morning show, and they they said, "Oh, you don't get into radio; it's a terrible job." And I, and what I heard was, "Get into radio; it's a great job." And so, <clears throat> when I ended up working at TRN, I had zero experience in radio, uh, but they liked my cover letter. I got I got hired because of my cover letter, not because of my uh, my resume. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and, and I, dude, I, you, you remember, I, I worked oh, yeah. like, I worked because I worked like 80 hours a week Yeah, <laughs> because I wanted to learn. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do it and I wanted to, I, just, I was hooked on it. So, yeah, you know, oh, it, and then uh, you mentioned the word enthusiasm. 
I was enthusiastic about learning what I learned in homeopathy. Why? Because I was very motivated to not be dead in my 40s. Well, that, that's a motivator, I guess. Yeah. I wanted, to, best. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to, you know. Probably uh, one of the best motivators there are right there. Go through a day without pain in my digestive system from every meal I ate. I, I, and I was like, yeah, I'm enthusiastic to learn about this. Heck yeah. Now, some of you are not passionate to learn about certain things that I have. Or, or by, but look, what is it that drives you? Super Don wanted to be in radio and it drove him to do things that, you know, and work long hours and, and go extra miles. And no, you know, if you're not interested, you're not going to do it. But you did. And, you know, here you are. People consult with you outside of the show and ask, hey, Super Don, can you help me with this project? And you're capable, very capable of helping them to do that should you choose to do so. And, you know, so that, that, that point of the word genius kind of triggered me, not in a bad way, just to discuss what, what it really means, you know. Not a, I reject oh, the genius it. moniker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, by the it way, Thimerosal. Yeah, in, in fact, that word Thimerosal, I kind of put out of my consciousness because we hadn't talked about it in so long. But that was yeah, it. said it right on the, on the package. That was before I knew what Thimerosal was. I just remember reading it and i was just like man this is my eyes were bloodshot and red and irritated and stuff and mm -hmm. i remember going to the eye doctor and he was like yeah some people have a bad reaction to that so use this one instead mm -hmm. and then i found out years later thimerosal wait a minute i was putting mercury in my eyes mm -hmm. yikes i had yeah. no idea yeah no clue dude all right um let's do the question of the day that's second tomorrow and embed it into the show Okay. Okay. So for those of you uh, wanting to know what we're going to talk about tomorrow, at least one of the questions we'll have, it's in the show notes today, but uh, it's from Tracy, someone who uh, learned about us, me, for the first time at the Reawaken Re Tour. Okay. Yeah. Yep. We'll so uh, Tracy, if you're listening to the show, I'll get to your question tomorrow. Be patient. Think, thank you, please. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's see what else is going on. All right, let's do the poll of the day. I got you a buddy of mine that you don't like. Me. I got a buddy of mine in Australia who's in broadcasting. He's a friend. Mm. And uh, uh, he's, he says Trump is Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's, he's drunk with Kool-Aid. He's a good guy. He's like a brother. Yeah. Brother. I'm looking you know, at comments to me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Trump is Hitler? No, Trump is not Hitler. But right. uh, Trump, you know, we, we've been kind of talking about this a little bit and it's kind of irritated some people um but yeah the more that trump seems to open his mouth now <clears throat> the, the more he seems to be burying himself but i was just thinking today's the 15th mm -hmm. has trump made the announcement that he said he was going to do on the 15th yet what was the everybody thinks they know what he's going to say right, but right is it official yet i just i just little light bulb went on. I just remember, wait a minute, today's the day he was supposed to be doing the, some kind of uh, announcement, uh, major announcement. Of course, he just got upstaged by uh, Russia. Did you see this? That they, uh, a couple of, of uh, stray Russian missiles hit Poland and killed a couple of people, a couple of people. Really? Yeah, which is, you know, technically, uh, that would be attacking a NATO country. And uh, Biden said uh, he warned Putin not to do anything, that we would uh, protect every inch of, of uh, NATO countries. Now, will they look at this and go, oh, well, it was a mistake. They didn't mean to. The missiles were supposed to be going this way, and they accidentally went this way, and, and you know, it was just an accident. Or is this going to be a situation where people are now going to say, all right, Biden. So you said you were very clear. 
Yeah. You said, make no mistake, we will protect every inch of every NATO country, you know, so don't do it. Don't go there. And technically he did. So now what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know well, we're we're talking we're talking geopolitics here, but uh, I know I know it's uh it's it's a thing. It happened just not too terribly long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll have we'll have I don't know maybe we can talk about it with uh with with uh, Emord on Thursday among other things. I've got a few things I've already set aside for him. Yeah, we could do that for sure to talk about, including Title 42. Did you see this here? A federal judge has uh, ordered the Biden administration to stop enforcing Title 42. Really? Which Title 42 is a a law that was uh, people attached to Trump Yeah. Uh, when he was in office that makes it easy to uh, kick people back out of the country when they cross the border illegally. Title 42. You yeah. sound excited about that. No, I'm just distracted by my buddy. I know you are. What are you distracted by? What's going on here? He, I know no, it's bonus no, round. You're allowed to. Australia. But... He's like going on and on. Like, why are you covering Where is he this? doing this? Why? Are you, I don't know. I think, again, he, he doesn't he in the know chat room? He, yeah, he's, well, he's on, yeah, he's in a, ch- not in our chat room, but he's oh. just messaging me. I'm like, dude, really? I mean, you want to put, we want to put him on the show? We can talk <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. T- let's listen. Get, what, who is this guy? Uh, my buddy, Jason. So, I mean, you know him. Yeah, he's been on the show before. He's He's been a sportscaster over the years, and he's reported from the Super Bowl one year for us in Denver okay. years ago. So he's, like, being serious? Yeah, no, he's being serious. He's really he drunk. He hates he's Trump. Drunk huh? Kool-Aid. They hate Trump Kool-Aid. Look, you know we are, uh, you know, when we talk Trump and other things, it's not about sycophant worship of Trump, but it's also, you know, let's say, look, look at something we might agree with, look at something we might disagree with, and it's like, but he's looking at us and me like, why? Trump hates people like that are different to the Christianity. He, I mean, it's like he doesn't know these people. He's not interacting with them. He's seeing and believing, and he's in the media. It's like, uh, anyway. Okay, well. I, I'm just messaging you. Believe probably. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. <laughs> I'm just typing. I mean, I suppose we could get him on. I don't know if that's what we really want to do, but. Are you feeling like you want to like help him? Uh... Well, I love him like a brother, so it's not like I, I hate the guy. It's like he, he's he's someone I've known for decades, right? So I'm like just mm. going, dude, you're throwing this at me, okay? While you're on the air, <laughs> I don't know if he even knows I'm on the air. He's in Australia right now, so you need. Yeah, to- uh, Steve uh, just threw a little announcement in here that apparently the live coverage of the Trump announcement will be again at 6 p.m. Eastern time. That is uh, a little less than 45 minutes from now. I just, I can't imagine he's going to do anything other than just say he's going to run for president. Yeah. I assume that's what it is, and so that's what everybody else thinks. I think it's a mistake. I hate hate to say, and I know there are people out there right now that are going, they want to throw stuff at me for saying that. Um, But I do, I think it's a mistake. I just don't, uh, he, you know, Trump is not the same Trump that he was uh, back in 2016. And I don't know that he can win. March doesn't care about Trump, so we can't talk about it now. Because March said right. so. No, right. just kidding. Marge, I saw you ran off when um, 
when B- Bastardi uh, started not agreeing with uh, chemtrails. Right, I know. I, I love Marge. Is like, sorry, I'll see you back here at five. That's right. Marge, I'm out. I'm yeah. out of here. Let's, let's Somebody's saying something I disagree with. This Saturday, I can't believe it's this Saturday, our next AMA. For those of you who aren't yet uh, patron supporters in Superdome, yeah. how are we going to find... I want to make sure we don't miss anybody that supported us outside of Patreon. We will have to go back and look because when they when they donated, you would have you personally would have that record of who those okay. people were. So we'll I have to go back to the beginning of the month when that happened and uh, track those 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 donations down. And then um, I'm pretty sure the email address should should be part of that record, and I'll be able to shoot them an email with an invitation to the AMA. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. So I hope yeah. you all will join us there. Yep. 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 So anyway, I think, let me just double check, make sure I don't have anything else hanging in here that we need to talk about. Uh, nope. I think we're good. What do we got going on tomorrow? Well, tell me. Maybe Ty Bollinger. I'll have okay. to find out. Um, hit and miss because we're right in the middle of the of the uh, propaganda exposed event. So I will check and see whether he's available or not. Okay. Uh, Melissa. Oh, boy. Integrativenursecoaching.com. Melissa Schreibfeeder. 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 <laughs> okay. All right. Um, we'll be an hour one <laughs> tomorrow. This is terrible. I really should do more homework on who these people are um, before I announce who they're, that they're going to be on because right. it makes it makes me sound like an, an idiot when I do this. But <laughs> okay, uh, Melissa Schreibfeder mm-hmm. will be on from IntegrativeNurseCoaching.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Ty Bollinger. If okay. not, then we'll just talk about the news of the day. We've got that question of the day that we can throw in there. If okay. you guys have any questions, you can submit them at robertscottbill.com. Just click on the contact page. And speaking of robertscottbill.com, mm-hmm. I have created a page. There's nothing on it yet. What is it going to be? It's a placeholder for uh, all of the Black Friday deals that are going to be coming up. And I thought this year I would just kind of find one central place that I could just put everything that we've got going on for the stuff, the the products and services that, that uh, you know and love uh, from this show mm-hmm. and the people that support this show. And um, I will be putting oh. that information up there soon. All right. Take, take care of the deals that we're going to be revealing then awesome. one in one place. They'll all be there for you. Okay. I like it. Good yep. idea. So that's what I got, man. Yeah. You got anything else? No, I'm sorry. I was so distracted. I mean, like I said, that's okay. if, if somebody's throwing things at you that you don't care about, you're like, who cares? You got a friend that's like a brother. You're like, what the what the hell are you saying? And why are you saying it? It's like somebody's camera. gotten, you know, captured or injected in a way that has altered their interaction with you. I'm like, okay, there's something strange going on. So that I apologize again. That, at least it's bonus round that this happened in, uh, that I wasn't as engaged. And I think you froze up on the uh the video again there, Super D. Yeah, I know. Re- restart that thing. I'll be better tomorrow, I promise, <laughs> in the bonus round. More engaged. Okay. Super non, thanks for picking up the slack. We got that question of the day from uh, the Reawaken America Tour. 
uh, tomorrow and a whole lot of other good stuff. You submit questions, you can at the website. Uh, also, uh, there's a phone number, a toll-free number. You can leave a message in. Again, we have the ability to take calls if you ever have the desire to do so. Super not coordinated, just message him. Um, and he's at askrsb at gmail.com. Thanks again to all those who support us, the message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. Please uh, click on any of those banner links and get discounts and deals on that good stuff that we utilize here as well. And uh, we'll see you, God willing, tomorrow, less than 22 hours from now. All right. Have a good day, guys. Thanks.